Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Yo. It's Grapsity with Will, Phil, and Reg. Trying to keep it real instead of what you usually get from these talking heads. It's Grapsity, we're here to fill the void. Three black fans, different perspective. Got to fill your voice. Coming with the podcast. Talking majors, indies in between. Yeah, it's all that. And we're down with Fightful, better fall back. Coming for respect, we connect like a ball bat. No need to double check, these are all facts. You're listening to us talk raps. You're listening to us talk raps. Will, Phil, and Reg, yeah, we're Graps a D here to talk raps. Yeah, we're Graps a D here to talk raps. Yeah, we're Graps a D here to talk raps, and welcome to another brand new edition of Graps a D. I am Will Washington, alongside Philip Lindsay. I'm here, I guess. Yeah, frustrated as hell, Philip Lindsay, but <laughs> Philip Lindsay nonetheless. Uh, and also here, reporting live from the beach, it's Righteous Reg. It's your boy, Media Man, your favorite rapper, your favorite writer, your favorite podcaster, on quote-unquote vacation, uh, living life at the beach. So yeah, it's a great way to start a Saturday. I was on the beach at 7 a.m., seeing seals flipping in the ocean, foggy. Great scene. I loved it. We're starting out pretty hot here. Yeah, we are. Um... Nah, I don't know. It's it's Saturday. And being Saturday, and it's being Grap City Day, don't forget, folks, leave us a thumbs up. Leave us a super chat. Uh, and we love reading the super chats. They help support what we do here at Grap City. And we're going to keep reading them. YouTube.com slash Fightful is the way to get those in. Uh, such as, and we got a few already, because I want to give a shout out to Brent Lockman saying happy belated Grapsiversary, gentlemen, dynamite here in Toronto this week. Excited to see what Swerve can pull out of Billy Gunn, a sentence I never thought I would ever say, <laughs> let alone think. 2022 has been wild, is it's very true. Uh, I think you guys are in for some surprises in Toronto. There's some and, treats. Yeah, and... Uh, not even close to what you might be thinking, but um, I just think it's super funny that Degeneration X is having a reunion on Monday and on Wednesday. Swerve is wrestling Billy Gunn. That's just hilarious. Hilarious, to me. yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Swerve, Swerve cut that great promo last night, but 
Can I tell you guys just how sick of DX reunions I am? I <laughs> they keep don't having them, care. dude. They keep I just don't them. care. And I'm um, a big DX fan, and I agree, man. It's a lot. I yeah. I just I just feel like every year the legend of what DX was grows, and it gets more and more annoying every year. Mm-hmm. You know what bugs me is that they were headed a good direction with the authority, and what I heard over the years was that. Um, that Punk's departure kind of threw a wrench in where things were headed when the authority was uh, coming into play back in late 2013, early 2014. Uh, I'm not exactly sure why um, they could have kept going with it. But the idea that all of DX kind of grew up and sold out was kind of supposed to be a little bit of the story there. That mm. Remember the New Age Outlaws turned on CM Punk mm-hmm. and... Um, but then were like dropped, but they had turned on punk and were like aligning with Hunter and the authority. And that was kind of supposed to be the story there was that uh, the new age outlaws are sellouts. Shawn Michaels um, helped triple H screw over Brian and hell in a cell. Hunter himself was running the authority. And like, ultimately all of these rebels of the nineties were suddenly now corporate stooges of the 2000s or the mm-hmm. 2010s and that was kind of supposed to be the story there oh you mean and like then, real life yes <laughs> but that, that's the funny thing too is that the, that's what i was going with uh, kind of full circle though is that while the storyline didn't exactly play out that way because they ended up like kind of abandoning ship on corporate dx and ended up going with uh the evolution reunion um because the batista face run also wasn't working out so they just kind of shifted but the funny thing is, that's really what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that they actually all did get corporate jobs. Everybody who's coming out on Wednesday, on Monday, except for X Pac, has a corporate position in the company. So, <laughs> yeah, I, it, it is. Yeah, it, it's just not cool anymore, man. It's not cool <laughs> to still do all of the hand gestures and all the all of the all the crotch chopping. No, you guys are old. It's not. No, it's over. Let it go. Yeah, it's you guys are not cool. You know, rebellious twenty uh, somethings anymore. It's it's dead. But like I said, I I think that would have been a good story to tell in twenty fourteen. Right. Uh, because the idea, I think, what they were supposed to be going for was kind of trying to tell the story that DX is now the the anti-establishment. DX is now the establishment, and CM Punk is now the anti-establishment. Mm-hmm. And him going up challenging because he was supposed to face Hunter that year, um, and at Mania, and so like the story being that Punk is now the anti-establishment guy would have been kind of a cool story challenging the establishment DX. I I think that there, <laughs> it is kind of funny though that hey they warned us they warned us in 1999 that they mm-hmm. were taking over it just took them 20 years to they really it. did it they actually <laughs> did it they faked the wcw uh takeover outside <laughs> thing and they really took over the wwe that's hilarious hey, october <laughs> uh, uh, october 28th i think it was no that was the yeah october 28th smackdown right um damn it i have to look this up to be sure but october 28th 1999 was a thursday right uh Yes. Yeah. So October 28th, 99, DX cut a promo in the middle of the ring, and Hunter said, We've got three words for you. We're taking over. <laughs> and hey, look, here we are. 
Vince it, was like, that's funny. That's funny. Uh, that's funny who they're saying that to. And they were talking to him. They're like, no, yeah. we're talking to you, bro. <laughs> they're about to take yeah. your job. Then <laughs> they did it. It just took a few <laughs> decades. But, uh, yeah, so uh, I had some fun last night. And, by the way, HumperChats.com. Don't forget HumperChats. Send us your HumperChats. Um, we can bring those up on the screen. You can send those up uh, anytime throughout the, the week, really. Uh, but closer to the show usually helps but definitely send those along we get a bigger cut of those but we love your super chats as well anything you want to send to help support grapsity we are in like flynn but the um uh the so last night i actually went to an indie show last night i actually missed all of the wrestling last night i saw a couple of shows but i went to lucha miss the wrestling to go to wrestling maybe that's how you do it yeah i went to lucha libre laughs last night and uh i had some fun it was a lot of fun um and for those who don't know lucha libre laughs it is a combination of pro wrestling and stand-up comedy and between your matches you get comedians and so uh it's a interesting mix of people who were there to see comedy and who were there to see pro wrestling because the comedians weren't wrestling adjacent comedians they uh, were there just doing their sets. A couple were making jokes about the wrestling they saw, but for the most part, it was, uh, it was just like two different audiences. But it was sold out. It was it was a sold out crowd. Um, I thought was that, it adults only? Uh, yes, and yeah. it probably yeah, it was one because like Billy was asking me, he's like, "Can I go?" And I'm like, "I don't know. This right. isn't really like a thing." Um, but it, I would say it was mostly sold out over the fact that the main event was Royce Isaacs one-on-one with Minoru Suzuki. Uh, and Suzuki everybody... being wherever that was is just <laughs> hilarious to think about. They're stand-up comedians. And then right after, it's one of the baddest Japanese wrestlers of all time to slap yeah. somebody really hard. I'm sure that got over pretty well with the stand-up crowd <laughs> oh for sure no honestly i would say the most over person of the night was obviously minoru suzuki i think he mm-hmm. but like he was literally the marquee name you pulled up at the oriental theater it was literally like um the name on the the marquee is minoru suzuki you didn't even mm-hmm. have to put anybody else up there and it was sold out just kind of on his name uh but brian keith um he pretty much had everybody going and um i took a friend to this show who had never been to a wrestling show, period. So now uh, I, I, I've played it differently for various friends. Uh, I've taken a friend to a SmackDown for their first show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've taken a friend to Dynamite for their first show. But this was the first time that somebody who was interested in possibly checking out professional wrestling, I dragged them to an indie show. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, just so you know, is not going to be like anything you've ever seen? Promise that... Um, anything you've seen on TV, anything along those lines, this is not that. Uh, but you're going to have fun if you're interested in having fun in pro wrestling. And I will say, of all of my non-wrestling friends I've ever dragged with me, this was the most into professional wrestling I've ever seen somebody get. And it, the indie environment will do that. And so definitely, it was, yeah, yeah. It was it's really very funny. inclusive as crazy as that sounds like you always like, if you go to an indie show, you're going to get involved at some oh, point, absolutely. Doing yeah. something, you know? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I had the opportunity to sit front row and I was like, you know what? You're not ready for that. I don't no. think. <laughs> no way. <laughs> not at like, all. You know what? 
maybe next time if mm-hmm. you decide to do this again and they absolutely do want to do this again mm-hmm. uh they were announcing the next dates for uh i think it's november 25th you know how are we coming to november 25th is, i guess we are mm-hmm. uh if that's what you want to do <laughs> um, but yeah so it was fun it was a fun um time and just getting to uh I don't know. It was a good night. It was a really good night. Like I was mm-hmm. checking in on various things throughout the night, um, and I was checking in on my phone. I watched SmackDown up until I basically pretty much had to hit the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was checking in on Rampage and Battle of the Belts on my phone. I didn't get to see any of uh, Bound for Glory, but I know that you guys have at least seen some stuff, right? Anybody? Uh, hey, uh, I watched it. Yeah, let's, I figured, let's move I on. All right, I already want to move on. <laughs> yeah, oh, we got, we got, we got to talk about stuff. We have to talk about it's, stuff. Uh, very, very mixed bag of a show. Yeah. See, this is my problem with Impact Wrestling. Every time I'm like, "Hey, you guys watch this show," everybody gets excited for them to have a big show. They always just book it so wild. It never fails. They've never had a show, and it's just like everything went off without a hitch. It's always like some one thing that's going to get people out of there and yeah they did a few of them yeah. last night well, yeah. let, let, let's finish up with the super chats and i want to get into that deontay <laughs> says happy one year y'all um have made my life easy on hard and long days 16 hours of wrestling this weekend eight Eesh. already done eight more to go start them on monday go mina shirakawa and tom nakano much love boys Appreciate that, Deontay. Yeah, wrestling this weekend is, oh, my God, it's an insane amount of wrestling. I don't know how these weekends keep happening, but every wrestling company that you know in the world is throwing a show this weekend. Marcus Thomas says, Sammy and Poole versus Andrade and Draymond (laughs) at full gear. (laughs) We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a little bit of everything. Joker Mm -hmm. says, "Um, what would you do with Private Party? For me, I don't know how they aren't on a heel faction with Swerve. Seems like easy money. Does it? I don't know. I feel like Swerve's got to fly um, a little solo. bit solo. Uh, I think he probably could at some point once he is a, a little more established as a singles guy, probably benefit from having some henchmen. I don't know mm-hmm. if they're the right ones. but uh, Private Party needs to get away from everybody. They need to be alone. They need to stop having friends. I'm tired of them being locked into these dumb contract blah 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 let these guys fly put them in the ring with all the other great tag teams and that's it they don't need to be attached to anybody anymore yeah Yeah. um i I think the leo stuff really threw a monkey wrench and everything because that was the that was the tree i wanted it it should have been private party and leo Mm -hmm. and once leo was gone it's like okay now they're still stuck with this hfo thing or Mm -hmm. andrade fo or whatever the hell it is now um get them out of that group and just let them be a tag team that's it um so speaking of which leo's clear uh yep leo is yeah. clear back at it gonna be wrestling in the uk already book some dates gonna be wrestling in some new japan dates i think uh lot's gonna be going on i'm excited to see leo rush back shout out to the guy shout out to hch i don't know if we shout out hch a couple times on here but he retired recently oh yeah i think we talked about it maybe on Ask. i i hope ach is okay some of those yeah. uh some of those posts i saw uh don't look the best so i hope the guy's okay yeah that's it um oscar rosales says hey guys uh i got to see the AEW shows in person and my favorite thing was tupac uh, (laughs) defending his titles back to back on the same night if he loses to oc next week 
I don't care. I can die happy. Also, would those two defenses now make him four-pack? No, it's a two-pack. <laughs> Is him having the two titles, mm-hmm. uh, but he is defending the title this Wednesday. I think he's going to lose it this Wednesday. That's okay. Um, it's time for Orange Cassidy to get some gold. He's been with the company a long time, uh, and being a day one guy, he is—he's uh, gonna. Yeah. probably walk away with some gold um, right. shout out ice cold brandon says grapsy gentlemen kept the amazing work thank you thank you brandon and mr d diggs shout out d says uh super fellas and y'all uh, and yeah saw bound for glory after one, match one immediately turned it <laughs> off but i guess bailey for world champ also, Leo versus Fatu going to slap hard. Oh, that match, too. Yeah, Leo versus Fatu. I think that's in uh, MLW. Yes. Shout out to MLW. Yeah. Um, and Brian says, correct me if I'm wrong, but no titles changed at the last Battle of the Belts either. Kind of makes BOTB feel a little pointless IMO. I think they had strong intentions for them initially, but I think um, like this week with it being – with them no longer being live, because what the first two were live, and mm. so the first two they were able to do title changes at them, and then these, the second most recent one was taped, and being taped, I don't think they necessarily wanted to. Or I guess the second one was taped too, because um, we knew going into it. I don't know. Um, I know the first one was live for sure, so that one like they wanted to get the title change out of the way. They were gonna have Cody on that show, and like there was a lot of stuff that was gonna happen, and it just ended up not happening. Um, I think just, I think the intentions for them were bigger than they ended up being. And now that, uh, they kind of ended up where they are now, I think they're just like, but they said they're continuing next year. So uh, it's not a thing that's going to stop. Um, yeah, it's, it's essentially just a, a house show. That's what it is. It's a house yeah. show with three title matches on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, the title matches were good last night. It just, I don't know. I think yeah. anybody going into it to, to go, oh, this is going to change everything. No, probably not. Uh-huh. Be that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so, uh, speaking of AEW, by the way, uh, John Moxley signed for five years. That is a big deal. There's a lot of details coming out of this story. The biggest detail being uh, that wasn't reported by uh, in the AEW piece of it. When AEW, so AEW sent out a press release. Somehow I was the first one to post it. Mm-hmm. I literally looked at my smartwatch and I got a little th- notification that said uh, AEW media release. And I went, oh, okay. And mm-hmm. normally, like I get those all the time. I won't post them if like everybody else wrestling media has already posted them. So I jumped to Twitter immediately and I was like, John Moxley, five year. And nobody had posted it yet. And I'm like, oh, okay. I guess I'm posting this. And so I did. <laughs> and uh, I, so John Moxley signed for five years. Uh, he is signed until 2027. Um, the way I put that into perspective uh, after that on Twitter was Moxley's whole run as Dean Ambrose was only six and a half, it was less than six and a half years. So mm-hmm. he'll have at least been with AEW eight years by the time this is all done. Like this is the he's an AEW guy. <laughs> well, the, you know, it's funny. Somebody compared it to like Kurt Angle, right? That like mm-hmm. Kurt Angle, the majority yep. of his career was spent in Impact. Impact. It was. Yeah, he he is. He did get established in WWE, but the majority of that run of his career was as a an Impact wrestler. 
Um, but I think that, you know, Kurt Angle didn't have to change his name. Like Moxley's mm -hmm. whole identity uh, as a solo guy is ultimately going to end up being Moxley. Like if I were him, even if I eventually did take some kind of WWE deal down the line, like Kevin Nash, that shit, right? Like right. Kevin Nash, after Kevin Nash was like, I'm Kevin Nash. You're not signing Diesel again. Mm -hmm. I'm Kevin Nash. You induct me into the Hall of Fame. They tried to induct Diesel. Remember that when he went into the Hall of Fame, they initially announced it as Diesel. And mm -hmm. then they had to correct it after that. And were like, okay, Kevin Nash is going into the Hall of Fame. Right. Scott Hall was willing to accept an induction as Razor Ramon. Kevin Nash was not willing to accept it as Diesel. He's like, no, I made a name for myself outside of Diesel. You know, you're not... You might as well induct Vinny Vegas if you're going to do that. I, <laughs> I am being inducted as Kevin Nash. And that was a cool thing, right? And I feel like right. John Moxley, like kind of same deal, right? Of like, I'm John Moxley. He's Moxley. I'm John Moxley. He's Mox. I'm Mox. I'm Mox. That's it. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do going forward. Um, there's some other cool stuff about that story that will eventually be out. But for now, I do want to talk about the fact that he was working out of contract for quite some time. That's crazy. I hear that uh, WWE was like in pursuit that they they knew that they knew he was out of contract. So all his championship shit out of contract, pretty much out everything that's happened recently. He very out well, contract. he very well could have simply jumped over. There was nothing stopping Crazy. him. He wouldn't have had a non compete. John Moxley was out of contract for uh, uh, at least a couple months here and crazy you know, I, i've been thinking about that because of the fact that i'm pretty sure he was signed to you know a little over a three-year deal the aw launched in 2019 yep. so what are we doing here? i was there when he debuted in vegas yeah mm -hmm. and so you know the 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 talk sean heard was that um aw was fairly confident they were pretty much under no impression that John was looking to leave. I think John had given them some pretty good security in the fact that he's like, you know, I'm willing to stay here and negotiate a deal. Like, but he was pretty much on a handshake deal like Cody, um, that he's willing to stay and negotiate a new deal. He doesn't, he's not interested in working for WWE again. And so let's figure this out. I will continue to work. That's how John does. John's pretty much always stand up been a guy. He's always been a stand up guy. You look at the end of his WWE run, and how he did everything he was supposed to do. He even worked an extension uh, on that contract that he was working. But ultimately, you know, he's like, I'll stay till the end. I will absolutely do every single thing you ask me to do. Uh, but I'm still doing what I'm going to do. And this is very this he, is very interesting that they announced this the day before. There's a very big match happening tonight. Game Changer Wrestling. The main event of that show is Nick Gage putting his career on the line against the GCW world champion, John Moxley. And so there's something in that thing that says exclusivity, exclusive. They say he will work exclusively with AEW and mm -hmm. AEW partners. So, so that tells me he will continue to work New Japan. Right. Um, yeah. It specifically partners. says New Japan in there, though, right? Yeah, it says yeah. New Japan in there. Right. But GCW. So, yes, yeah, yeah, uh, tonight. GCW, then. Well, and I see a lot of GCW fans being really upset, saying, could you have not Spoiler. announced this, like, Sunday? Right. Uh, but... uh, I mean, 
<laughs> I mean, let's let's be honest though. Did anybody really think Nick Gage was losing once they made it a career versus title match? I don't think he's retiring, so I mean, I don't think that's that much of a spoiler, guys. I might have been convinced by a couple of people that uh, Moxley was going to go over, but I don't think so at all. Now. I mean, so. I, I, well, the funny thing is, it would be an interesting twist if he still won. I know, like, right? Anything, like, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, the word going around was that GCW was blindsided by this announcement, that they didn't know what was going on here. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's the things I've heard today were that uh, WWE was very interested in having him back. And that, of course they are. Look, yeah. they're, they're still running with S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff. They, yeah. they would absolutely love to be able to add the missing piece to this story. Oh, um, yeah. it's, it's referenced still extremely often as far as uh, Seth is concerned, as far as uh, Roman is concerned. Um, it's what referenced very often. And I, I so, but the fact is, he, and he's going to be in a coaching role now. So that's actually really cool. Uh, and... This is it's, great for everybody. It's great for everybody. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I don't, I don't see him ever going back to WWE in a full time capacity. I think, no. I think he may go back there and get his flowers, get his uh, Hall of Fame induction and stuff. But I don't think he'll ever go back there and wrestle full time. No. I just never see it happening. We might um, see one of these things like they're about to do with DX for the Shield in ten years, like Shield reunion. Come yeah, watch I, it in I, Brooklyn, but nothing. Yeah, full time. maybe, but like. I can see him doing appearances, but like just going back there to wrestle, I, I don't see that ever. Happening. I mean, well, what's interesting, I don't think he anticipated this, but uh, when he originally signed, but AEW is his company, and he, I don't think anybody saw that coming. When AEW first launched, uh, I remember all of the speculation of could John Moxley end up here? Because right, because AEW was announced January first, twenty nineteen, and John Moxley, um, of course, at the Royal Rumble that year. Uh, announced that he was leaving WWE. And so, and he stayed past WrestleMania, but he announced that he was, or no, he informed WWE, and then WWE was like, well, we're going to announce this publicly. And they Mm -hmm. had just put out a public statement saying, Dean Ambrose, Jonathan Good, has uh, informed us of his intent to depart following his contract. And so, the speculation began, like, immediately, like, January of 2019. Is he going to AEW? And it, at most, it was like, is he going to AEW? I don't think anybody ever saw it as, would he end up being the guy for the company? But when you think about it, Double or Nothing ends with John Moxley. Like, yeah. that is the uh, the closing That's the shot. stage right there. Like, everybody the was so hyped, but it was lit from then. Yeah, still one of the greatest debuts in the history of the company. I mean, we're only talking about three years of history, but still, it's one of the greatest debuts ever. Yeah. <laughs> and, and but the closing shot of the first show is John Moxley, and that pretty much set the stage that going forward for pretty much the the remainder of this company, as it seems, as 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 of right now, it's a John Moxley's company. It's crazy because there was Kenny and there was Cody and there was Jericho and you probably most people thought it'd be one of those guys and like, nope, it's Mox. Mox came through and carried the company on his fucking back for yeah. so long. Got well, them out of every predicament they could ever be in. He was the guy to go to. Yeah, it's the, his company, man. Yeah, the the greatest world champion in the history of the company as well. I mean, yeah, when they yeah. put out their version of the press release and it had the picture of him with the title and the sunglasses, I'm like, he's the guy. He's the he's the he's the face of the company. Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, it, it's going to be interesting too because you know it's funny after that first reign, 
I, I initially said to myself, do I see him getting a second reign? Like, I think he deserves mm-hmm. it, but I don't know. Now I'm like, when he's done, is he just going to be like a 10 time champion? <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see him getting more reigns. He's always going to be in the mix. He's never yeah. not going to be in the mix. Now I'm not worried about whether or not he's ever going to get another title. He'll right. lose to MJF, but we know that mm-hmm. at some point, Mox is going to get it back. Um, and so good for him. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. Um, and so, yeah, he is signed with the company until 2027. That is official. Uh, and yeah, company's very proud of that. They're proud to have him. Um, I know after the week that they've had, they needed some good news because of the fact that, uh, on Wednesday there actually, it all really started Monday. And I can tell you talking to people in the locker room. Uh, they are very, very not happy about any of the stuff that took place, mainly because they thought they were making strides for weeks in since All Out in like helping dispel the idea that there's turmoil in the locker room. Um, that, you know, okay, yeah, Punk and the Elite had their issues, but they're all at home and everybody's kind of doing well right now. And then all of a sudden, um, starts with Andrade doing this interview. And then Sammy responds on Twitter. And I said on Day After Dynamite, Sammy. If that interview was in Spanish, barely anybody knew about it. Yep. Had nobody drawn attention to it, uh, probably just would have. Gone it flew under the radar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it would have blown in the wind. And instead, a whole lot of attention was drawn to it. Like I asked Denise because she did a um, a transcript of it on her Twitter um, because, you know, Denise speaks Spanish, so that's mm-hmm. helpful. Uh, but I asked her, I said, would you have even gone to seek out that interview had all the Sammy stuff not happened? Would you have even opened it to see what was said? And she's like, well, I listened to that stuff anyway, but probably wouldn't have, but it probably wouldn't have been as noteworthy to, to drop the, the nope. translations uh, on it. Because, like, the interesting part about it is in the interview, Andrade is asked about, you know, any turmoil backstage. And at first he's like, you know, things are cool. So there's one guy who, you know, complained like a little girl that, uh, um, that, you know, I hit too hard, uh, but other than that, it's been fine. And then yep. a minute later, it, and he says like, well, "But I'm not going to name names." And then a minute later, he's just like, "I mean, it's Sammy Guevara." <laughs> and... <laughs> I, I still think the funniest part about it is that he just gets like he names all these people that like I've been in a ring with this guy, never heard this. He was like, even the Miz, I was like, "Yo, <laughs> even the Miz never complained about striking, and you're complaining about striking." Uh, yeah, that was funny. Yeah. And so, but like I said, it was funny that he's like, I won't name names. And he's like, actually, I'm going to name names. And it's Sammy Guevara. Nah, nah how you Sammy know? Sammy Guevara. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'm about to get into you before you get in your little vlog, boy. Lamb. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But 
the question is time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I let them know. I said Sammy Yeah, because I, I think it probably would have just ended up being like, you know, subtweeting and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But then once Sammy felt like he was name dropped, he's like, well, now I got to respond. And so he jumps on Twitter and just starts talking his shit. And then uh andrade but don't lie sammy that's like you can d- go for it but like he's not a jobber we all know that calling the, calling him a jobber and a favor hire like lasombra of all people was not going to get hired somewhere like no we don't believe you sammy come on, come on. he was going to get hired <laughs> yeah come on no i i'll say this about andrade's hiring and i felt this since day one um i felt this when he signed was that uh i felt like when AEW came out of because he, he debuted the Wednesday after Double or Nothing and mm-hmm. I felt like Double or Nothing was this show in 2021 where everybody came out of it just feeling like damn things are back we got mm-hmm. crowds back like shit is feeling good and like we're ready to to steamroll forward and then Andrade debuted and I remember asking at the time like I love Andrade I um, love him as a performer but at the moment where does he fit and uh and I feel like that's a question that we've continued to ask his entire run in AEW. Um, because when he came in, it was like, oh, we're going to put him with Vicky. He had this match with uh, Matt Seidel. But it never really felt like he had any clear direction the way that like CM Punk came in. And it's like, okay, we know what CM Punk's going to do. Punk is going to come in. Darby, Eddie Kingston. We know MJF is the destination and the world title. We knew there was a plan for CM Punk when he signed. Brian Danielson, we knew, all right, the question's been asked this whole time, Brian or Kenny, we are, we are going for that shit immediately. But Andrade was one of those names that came in without a clear direction or clear plan. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I'll i never say like, oh, you're a job or you're a favor hire, but I will say that he was kind of hired without necessarily having a place on the roster. And well... 
I mean, it it seems pretty clear that they were at some point thinking about bringing in Rick, Rick and right. that fell apart. Um, and I wonder how much that changed his trajectory with the company. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, to say that he was a favor hire is just stupid. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I don't know. And then like, um, I feel like there was stuff they probably had in mind for him. And mm-hmm. then I think that, because uh, he did have a little brief feud with Cody and maybe that was the first thing they were going to do. But then like, then they signed Malachi and that ended up being what Cody did. And so I don't know what the plan was for Andrade, but it has always felt like he's just kind of been treading water the whole <laughs> the, time he's been there. The funny part about all of this, remember that time when he came out and he picked up both TNT titles and, and at that moment it's like, I could see it. I could see him as TNT title, TNT champion. Um, yeah, there was a period where Sammy just dragged down that title. I mean, they kept trying to make it work with the heel stuff. It just wasn't working. They kept trying to give a new ploy to it to make it work and it just never worked and it just felt like they should have moved on from sammy a long time ago with the title well the weird thing is um and of course tony talked about this on swerve city podcast was that when sammy i think it is a uh how do i put this i think it's a little bit revisionist to say that sammy wasn't working at all i think that Sammy was clicking until one particular segment that turned his whole career around. And that was the initial segment where he and Ty in the ring called out Dan Lambert. I feel like that segment was the thing that turned everybody around. I felt like Mm -hmm. in his second TNT title reign, he was actually having some really good defenses. He had that defense against Andrade and... um, and Darby uh, on the go home to Double or Nothing, or not Double or Nothing, uh, Revolution. He had the that match at Revolution that was really good. It felt like he was doing a little something. And then they introduced Ty to his on-screen character, and immediately people were like, uh, no. Nah. And then, nah, nah. And, all, of the, all, of the, all of the fake Pam supporters were like, ah, oh, how dare you? you yeah. I thought you were a wholesome man that got engaged in El Paso. Yeah. That was uh, Houston, Houston. It's yeah, hard. It's, it's hard when you build a you build your fan base up on things like being the elite and all these vlogs. So your fans are used to seeing you in that setting, and they're used to seeing you with you with Pam. So if you introduce hey, that character, introduce something else totally opposite of what you've been yeah. living in this well, real I, life, you're not going to accept it. You know? I, I think it was that Dan Lambert segment that pretty much yeah. changed everything as far as like obviously he had had his his hate online from like the sasha stuff but i don't think it spilled into the arenas mm-hmm. until um until the dan lambert segment and where people were initially just like get all of these people off of my tv i don't want to see any <laughs> all of, of them. these people yeah speaking of which um sounds like we won't be seeing lambert for a minute he said he's yeah. he's made the decision to step away um good riddance don't funny. need to I see have... him <laughs> thank you I, so i thought that was like when he said that, because I know we had talked about the fact that uh, we knew that back in like June, mm-hmm. and I was like, I, I was like, I thought it was kind of known that Dan Lambert wasn't like a thing um, anymore, pretty much since uh, Scorpio's injury. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and he could come back and do it. I guess it was July. Like, July is when it was. I I don't need to see him in a in a big capacity for a while. A lot of his stuff just did not work for me. 
and, now, and I, I do. I, a, oh, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say I do agree that I, Sammy was working. I mean, two years ago, it looked like he was on the trajectory to be one of the biggest stars in the company. Um, Think about that but, match Sammy had with MJF. Uh, yeah, and the, how people were like, "Oh shit, this was a star-making night for Sammy Guevara." Um, look, it's not like Sammy winning the the TNT title in Rochester when he beat Miro wasn't a big moment. People were really yes. into that. It, Jr. had one of his best calls uh if, in being an AEW commentator and Sammy was working and then like I said I do truly feel like it was introducing Ty and trying to make this Ty and Sammy versus Dan Lambert and Paige Van Zant <laughs> stuff work which is funny because that was originally going to be Cody and Brandy versus Dan Lambert. Oh, <laughs> they, they essentially wow. took on Cody and Brandy's heat. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's exactly what happened because people were feeling that way about Brandy. She, the way she would get booed, the way they would chant, shut the fuck up at her and all of that. And now essentially all of that got transferred and trying to replace the feud. They transferred all of that Cody and Brandy heat to Sammy and Ty. Yeah, uh, no, I agree with that. I, I, but again, like I told you guys many times when we talk about these wrestler disputes, guys, like, listen, I know, hey, it looked good. He did his whole engagement on TV. You watch the vlog. He looks like a funny guy, and he looked like he's one of you. But you Say don't know this line, guy. Phil. Yeah, you I'm don't know him. It, it's just <laughs> what it is. You don't know these guys, and sometimes you know that is what it is. People make up their mind who these people are, and you just you don't know. Mm-hmm. I thought I knew him. Yeah. I How dare you? Him. He had the greatest matches. We he talked to me in an autograph line. No, that doesn't. A, a wrestler <laughs> lied to us. How dare he? <laughs> so uh, the um... that led to on Wednesday <laughs> they met up in person. Well, and it so, was on site. Well, so the problem was with all of that, uh, and I talked about this on Day After Dynamite, so I won't do too much uh, rehashing of this. But the fans. We're definitely kind of misinformed on this issue, but why would they? Why should they have been informed, right? Right. Um, that the fans basically took a side. The fans saw, well, Sammy wasn't punished. Andrade was. There was a confrontation that's going around TMZ. So what's the deal here? Um, and the fans in the building and online very quickly took Andrade's side. I just saw somebody in the chat saying Andrade did nothing wrong. Except uh, on Tuesday, the piece that... Uh, Meltzer did report, and um, and you guys know, group chat, I had this Wednesday night. Uh, Meltzer reported Thursday morning um, that the that there was a call that took place, a meeting that took place um, between talent relations, Tony, and the Should've guys involved news. here, and everybody in it agreed not to have a confrontation. And so therefore that was supposed to be ground zero. They were all warned of the consequences of if there would be, if anything happened and Andrade said, we're cool. We're We're cool. We're good. Not going to do anything. And so, and so they did, they were prepared for it. They did have security there. Like the thing is for there have the story as it's being told by everybody I've talked to is that um, there being a fight is uh, greatly exaggerated in the sense that, yes, there was a, a, a confrontation. Um, there was a, the way it was described to me was an NBA fight. 
um, and that there was some shoving, some flailing arms, and then everybody separated them and sent on their way. That was it was it. like a, a wrestling when they do the wrestling brawls and the security <laughs> breaks everybody up. It was just like one of those, pretty much. They said, yeah, it was like uh, this went on for um, seconds. This wasn't <laughs> <laughs> wasn't anything at all. Somebody got spun apparently. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. So that that's. The reason, apparently, that it was Andrade that took the heat here was that Andrade apparently waited for Sammy when he found him. He spun him around. And uh, so basically, Andrade was the one that broke what was, I guess, called a truce. Right. Um, that it was like, look, you both have matches this week on television. Mm-hmm. Don't fuck up your matches on television. Let's just go. Let's get this done. Let's do this. Um and they both agreed to no confrontation, to stay their separate ways. And then Andrade was like, you thought. Yep. <laughs> I said it was on site, Tony. That's him right there. I'm about to spin his ass. <laughs> and so he did. And so ultimately, um, you know, Jericho, who was there, was adamant that. Uh, Andrade's got to go. No, not that Andrade's got to go, but that, hey. I saw it. Sammy didn't do anything. Gotcha. And so uh, Sammy played his part and kept his hands down like it was. Uh, it's kind now, of like the same thing he did with Eddie Kingston, pretty much, right? Just like was there in the moment. Didn't do anything to like provoke or do anything to be involved, pretty much. Yeah, because, I mean, the Eddie Kingston thing, the way it was described by Sammy was that it was um, he got backstage after cutting that promo in the ring and got pie-faced. Um, mm-hmm. And... So that was. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's got to be crazy because I, you know, his wife saw both these incidents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, like how do you come back from that, man? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You be. I, it does take a lot of uh, humility to get into two situations where people feel like they can test me. Like, yo, right. This is the second time somebody <laughs> felt like they could put hands on me, and I gotta eat it. Like, yeah. I would have been pretty, pretty. I'd have been pretty hot about that. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. This. I don't know, man. I, I think everything around it, uh, going into it, made it look like, all right, well, there's a common denominator here. It's Sammy, and so of mm. course, and of course, Sammy has also had a track record at this point throughout the year of being involved in stuff. Why? And so people are looking at it like, why is it always you? Why are you always in the midst of this? Um, it makes him look like he's trouble, and mm-hmm. whether that's fair or not, that's a perception. Yeah. And so and that's how I, fans are seeing it. Yeah, I agree. And so I get, I, I get saying that you know he didn't throw hands, so he shouldn't have been punished. But at the same time, like ending the show with him having this triumphant moment <laughs> where he is like raised on the, on the top of JAS and he's got his hands up, and that's the clothing image of Dynamite. Hilarious. That was crazy. That was crazy. The problem with that was that like all of that was written. And done before the confrontation even happened. And so, like, you know, they had finalized what's happening here on Dynamite. This is the ending, all of that. And then the confrontation happened. And then it was like, okay, well, you know. doing it. Yeah, we we settled all of this. Like, I get from a creative standpoint, there are very few adjustments you could make there where the story tells the same story, right? Like, the story of Jericho looking down on his disappointment in the protege he picked in Daniel Garcia, but his original protege is the guy who came through. 
you lose so many elements of that if you change one piece of this. And so, like, I get why they stuck with the story because that's the story they were telling. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and, like, if you remove anything that happened behind the scenes from context, uh, because, like, the friend that I I went to the the indie show with, I was like, did you see Dynamite this week? And they were like, no, I haven't seen it yet. And I said, did you hear any of the stuff that happened? Like, stuff. And I said, do me a favor. Go watch Dynamite and then tell me what you think because I am curious from your perspective what you pick up on and what you take from it. Uh, Knowing nothing else that's happened because you are fully off the internet. Um, And so I'm waiting on feedback on that. Obviously, not going to get that probably until tomorrow, but I'm curious. (laughs) But the thing is, without the context, it just comes off like an ending, right? Just like any other show. But with the context, it made it feel like Sammy was rewarded for what took place. And it that definitely is, felt like he was rewarded. And I like mean, even if, even if you add in the context of Andrade started the fight and he was in the wrong with the altercation, it does look like, all right, if we had, we've, we've had all of these meetings and stuff, and it's like, don't go out there and leak stuff. Don't go into business for yourself. Don't go on the internet and do stuff. It looks like he didn't even get punished for that. It just looks like he just skated by. And... Man, it's hard for me to go, that's not a fair assessment because, again, the guy got the pin and he had this big triumphant moment (laughs) in the night. And so, oh, man, I just think that that was a, and I get you couldn't change much, but I think if people think that Tony is protecting Sammy, this does not help that case because the optic here makes it look like he is. I was thinking about that kind of what you said about your friend, though, Will. It's like if you don't if I just watch Dynamite, if I just watched AEW and I don't know any backstage shit and I don't I've never seen Sammy's vlog. Sammy Guevara is just a wrestler that, you know, I could either hate. love him or hate him. That, that's it. It's not like I don't, if I didn't know anything about him, I really probably would think he's cool because like when he has matches, he does wild shit like most of his matches do something so. I think the perception of him isn't the same for everyone. So, like, that ending probably wasn't crazy to a lot of people. They're like, oh, Sammy and Jericho have been friends their whole time. Like, this all makes sense. So, I mean, What I think yeah. is funny is this friend started watching after All Out. <laughs> They've right. been watching all of a month. <laughs> oh my God. And so what's interesting is they have no context on the Elite. They have no context on CM Punk. Right. They have no context on anything other than... MJF is great. John Moxley is great. Uh, and Jericho Appreciation Society is dastardly. Like, that is their entire perspective and concept of all of this. And they've only been watching on TV and what they see on TV. And so it is really interesting to pick up on just these little things of, mm-hmm. you don't know shit. And, um, like, you don't have a perspective on vacant (laughs) titles or vacant trios titles. None of that makes any sense to you whatsoever. Mm. This is actually kind of great. And this is the friend, by the way, that I interviewed for that podcast I did, which I'm not sure is ever going to get published now because of the fact that the, a lot of the audio was unsalvageable. But I know um, the problem is, like I said, it's the, the idea of doing tape stuff versus live stuff. Because when you're doing tapes, at least you have a chat room there that can tell you, Hey, some shit's not wrong. working, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Hey, we can't hear anything along those lines. And then, uh, but instead I look up and then I go back and listen to it. And I'm like, God damn it. How long did this happen? <laughs> yeah, uh, that is the that is the worst. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I just, I don't know. You know what Sammy 
kind of reminds me of at this point. We all knew that one guy in school that he'd be the guy that would start stuff and or he'd be the guy that stayed in trouble a lot, but he would do just enough not to get suspended. Like mm-hmm, he'd yeah. be in the midst of a fight and yeah. the fight would start and because he didn't throw the first punch or because he didn't initiate it, he didn't get he didn't get punished. And that's kind of how it feels. It just kind of feels like he's always in the midst of something and he just does just enough to skate by. And it's it's crazy. It's crazy to watch and and like I said, just that lasting image of the end of Dynamite. I was just sitting there like this is this is nuts. Like when you look at just this year and like the leader not on TV because they're they're they were involved in altercation. And it's pretty much known at this point. The other guys started to fight. And they're still out on TV. Sammy Guevara, though. Right there. (laughs) Right there at the end of the show. He won the big game. (laughs) (laughs) Put him up on your shoulders. Yo. Yeah, it's... It it is... uh... Crazy times. We are in. He's just your Sammy's just your annoying little brother. That's all it is. Sammy, yeah, I don't know, man. And and I don't want to make this out to be that I don't like Sammy because I do think Sammy is very talented. Uh, the thing that I don't like that people are doing now is that oh well, Sammy was always bad. No, this guy can wrestle. It's just that he just has a lot of this bad uh, backstage stuff around him that is just like. I mean, I I truly think about how much the perception truly changed, Sammy has had this year one of my all-time favorite singles ladder matches yes. ever. That mm-hmm. match with Cody was phenomenal. Was and awesome. it was Sammy. Sammy yeah. had a phenomenal spot in there. That cutter mm-hmm. he hit, one of the best things That's going to be forever. That's a forever And who uh, were the play. fans booing in that match? Cody <laughs> it Rose. wasn't Sammy. <laughs> it was... But the fact, I mean, that was this cheering. year, man. This that is was crazy. this year. I, I mean, yeah. If you look at the if you look at the change of this year and a lot of these things, not just the Sammy thing, but I mean, just think of where Punk was at the beginning of the year. Think of where Cody was at the beginning of the year. Um, I mean, even to a lesser degree, look at where Mox was at the end of the year. At the beginning of the year, at one point, he was not on television. He was away, and now he's considered one of one of the candidates for wrestler of the year. Um, so yeah, the, uh, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. In the chat, I see, uh, questions. He said, how did Sammy instigate Andrade mentioned the interview? I mean, so the thing is like, I I don't think Sammy should have responded to anything. I think that the tweets ultimately, um, turned this into a bigger issue, but I do think that, look, once you agreed and told management that nothing was going to happen, um, and the wrestlers all feel this way. Like I've I've heard this kind of across. That's the board, just like a, that, a, a you know they're all the boys. You know it's like yeah. you're fucking over the boys essentially. If you're like we're good and then you're not good when you yeah get we're like that was supposed to be ground zero that right. a look we can't have this like we've talked about it now this is a done deal and then you go and do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody in the in the day after dynamite comment said. Will, you know as a parent that if you tell your kids, hey, knock it off, and then they all agree, yes, dad. And then as soon as you turn around, they, like, start punching each other again. Um, they're like, that's essentially what happened here. And I'm like, I get that, but this is also your job, right? Yeah, this like, is way different. Like, my job, <laughs> m- you know, most corporate environments especially have a system in place, right? Where, like, look, we're not going to fire you for um, this specific thing unless we've warned you about it already. Once we have it on the record that we have said something about this, now any violation of uh, what we told you 
is now a what you agreed to is now uh is um in subordination you have directly uh defied something that was ordered by the company at that point and that's that's in any job right i've had i've had written warnings at my job where it's like hey this thing you're doing you can't do this now it's on the record we're telling you you can't do this and now if you violate this you're like now we have to do something about it um and this is a thing and we haven't really talked about the elephant the andrade elephant in the room about him trying to get fired and And and, and the funny thing is they told him uh, what i hear (laughs) is that they were told he was told you are not going to be fired for this (laughs) but (laughs) yeah but you are going to be sent home which is um probably the worst thing right of like because any outside bookings you take for uh, as an AEW talent, you have to clear with AEW, and they're gonna so tell you no. <laughs> you don't even get to take the outside bookings at this stage. You're just gonna sit your ass at home for the remainder of this contract. We'll pay you. You'll get paid, but you're gonna sit at home. I don't know if he's coming back. Um, I, I imagine that anybody who is under contract. Nobody wants to pay somebody to sit at home. Uh, that's right. that's essentially punishment to the his leverage too. is slipping away though because they just signed his homeboy and they're putting this the rocket to his homeboy. They're like, well, we got Roosh, so I mean, yeah, have fun out what, there, big bro. That's what makes it weird because it seems like he was happy doing the Roosh stuff. It looks like they were they were gonna go full speed ahead with the Los Incarnables stuff, and at the same time, you're also hearing that oh, he's just not happy, and it's like. But it seems like you are like they're trying to like make you... him happier. They're trying to help. You I, know what I mean? Right. It, and, it's and I don't know. And the other thing somebody said in the chat, and I, I can see this. It's a good question. With everything that took place here, now granted, Hunter's going to take back anybody. I'm sure. Yeah. But this is a bad look, right? Like this isn't look. necessarily somebody that I, I. You know, it's we we were talking about moxley before and part of what moxley did in both exiting wwe and even working under contract was that he has been a professional 100 percent of the way mm-hmm. and that uh when it comes down to it he has made it so that every company looking at him wants john moxley like you want right. that guy to be in your locker room you want him because you know he's gonna abide by his contract you know that even if he's out of contract he's probably gonna do some shit for you because um, when he was out of contract in WWE, they were like, hey, can you just stay for four more weeks? Um, we got these house shows. Hey, we want to do this S.H.I.E.L.D. show, uh, this one last ride S.H.I.E.L.D. show. Can you stick around for that? And he was like, okay. Yeah. And like here it was, hey, we know you're out of contract, but we want to make you world champion and like do all of this stuff for John Moxley. <laughs> <laughs> was it, we, wasn't that a last S.H.I.E.L.D. match in Cleveland? Uh, was it? I think so. Maybe. I think it was in Cleveland because I'm just like thinking in my head of Rollins yelling at the crowd, last motherfucking time, Cleveland, last <laughs> motherfucking time. And he's like swinging the ropes. I'm like, yo, Rollins, chill out. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, you, but you know, it was like, um, it's one of those things where that's the reason why WWE was looking at him. But on the right. other side of things, you do have uh, Andrade who like, I'm sure WWE does want him back, but it is kind of hard to be like, but this is also a dude who, you know, Um, know, talent relations, like, talk to. Right. And he still went and, like, 
did a thing and like is he gonna listen it, to us if we bring him over like, here like he could he could fly like off the handle at any time like if he yeah. finds himself again in a creative position he's not happy with what happens here so mm-hmm. like i can understand that side of it uh i like andrade as a performer so like i ultimately just want to see all these guys just doing stuff that's and he probably it. will be happier if he's with his wife over there like that's just a thing like I, I, know, yeah so. i i do think that they will take him back if he wants to go there i mm-hmm. i have no doubt about that i don't I mean think i that think they'll hurt. take punk back over there after all this so <laughs> yeah I, I don't think this i don't think this hurts andrade stock um i just think that you know, give it some time to let it die down. You know, we'll see where this goes. I did think it was uh, one of those things where I was looking when the report came out that Selena was coming back and they were going to pair her with Legato. I was like, yeah, see, this company played too much, man. You, you, uh, you dirty macking to to ignite stuff like this, and then at the same time you're showing them, well, we've moved on. Like I don't know what's, what do you mean we we called them? We didn't call them. Look, we've moved on. We've got another luchador. Uh, uh, stable and Selena's leading that. I'm like we, we didn't call him. What do you mean? We didn't do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to read some super chats here. We got Coffee Black says, uh, "Shout out to the Grab City homies. I actually convinced some non wrestling fan friends to watch Extreme Rules with me tonight. Hope it delivers." Hey, getting non wrestling fans into wrestling is my favorite thing because um, sometimes you get them to see it through. I mean, you're seeing it through their eyes. I love watching it through their eyes and sitting with them and just kind of absorbing and being like, man, I am definitely a jaded curmudgeon who has been watching this shit for 35 years. Mm. And uh, it is nice to see somebody who's just like watching it and appreciating it. Mm. Um, Who's just like, yeah, this is cool. There's nothing attached to it. It's just the matches, just the people in the ring, just the cool costumes. There's not all the bullshit attached Uh to it. Definitely. This is a good show to introduce people to also because gimmick matches are always kind of a great way to get somebody into pro wrestling. So Extreme Rules is looking pretty hot, too. So it should be exciting. Yes. And Valab, whose name I probably just butchered again, says we're almost to a year to the day where Reg asked for $35 back. Still feels like yesterday. Also, swerve for player hater of the year. Um, nah, hey. that is Jay Uso by far. Jay Uso <laughs> is the hater of the year by far. <laughs> hey, but I will say they are both in contention for best facial expressions of 2022. Yeah, right. Uh, and they are both just like selling shit so well. Brent they are Lockman, both big haters. Yes. yes. Brent Logman <laughs> says, favorite moment of the week, Regal casually putting Nux on and going to the rig just calmly about to murder someone. The crowd chanting, you fucked up. The moment he put on the, the Nux and he's just keeping it calm, keeping it cool. The great, it's just great shit. Is, is that a greater moment than him telling Excalibur that he can belt in his mouth? <laughs> <laughs> Regal's a damn fool. Regal Regal's, Regal's wild. Uh, Carlos Mendez says, "Why can't they book Mexican luchadors? It's annoying." Um, I think you're specifically referring to AEW. Um, in which case, I feel like they're the only ones booking them. Um, I mean. In that, then now you got uh, Phantasma on screen, but like, are we really comparing though? Because I, I mean, if we're if we're having a conversation about how well WWE has booked Mexican wrestlers, it's a little shaky. Not real. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, not real. The, uh, I don't know. At the end of the day, I am. I don't know. I feel like right now is definitely as far as American wrestling is concerned. Uh, the least concerned I've been, but of course, you know, I, you might have a different perspective, but I know 
you know, the 2010s was a very frustrating decade for seeing pretty much the booking of a lot of guys like the yeah. two Senkaras and things along those lines. Speaking of which, Grandma he did not need to chime in on any of this. No. Uh, <laughs> um, Keep it, Hunico. <laughs> <laughs> but he did. Of course. Yeah. Um, let's see. Eloquent says, I will say, I never saw the Dan Lambert appeal until I saw him on Dynamite Live. Heat magnet laughing emoji. Um, yeah, I did. I did think he got good heat sometimes, but a lot of it I just didn't like. I thought a lot of the, I thought a lot of kind of uh, the content of his promos just wasn't for me. Um, I got what they were trying to do. I get they were trying to do this like knock off of uh, pseudo cornet thing. Yeah, AEW's kind of biggest critics all molded into this one annoying mm-hmm. loudmouth, and it just it didn't work for me. I think it worked the first week. I don't think yeah, you need to be back another it, one after that. Right. It got uh, old really fast. Yeah. Because I was there the first week, and I agree. It did get good heat. And it was a big pop for Lance Archer when he hit him with the, uh, uh, the hell is the name of his finisher. Come on. You know the finisher. Um, Lance Archer. Everybody in the chat's going to know. Um, uh, sorry. Terrorizer. I, I'm, I don't know. The terrorizer. What is it? I don't know. Come on, chat. You know it. Terrorizing. You know it. I'm drawing a blank on oh, blackout. blackout. Thank you. you Everybody uh, instantly. Blackout, 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 blackout. That's so great. Uh, <laughs> forgot he went there. God damn. My whole, screen just says, my whole screen just says blackout. Right <laughs> Good yeah, job, it's... chat. I appreciate you guys. Mm. Um, and yeah. so. Uh, hey, yeah, I, I, I think the difference, though, on the Lambert thing is that I do think he got good heat, but I think when you attached him to guys that didn't need him, that's I think that's when it thought, very much got annoying. Mm-hmm. I thought men of the year were doing so good without him. They and did like, not need him. No, right. this was, that should have been the time for, um, for Ethan Page to really They were get both cutting incredible guy. promos. Like when yes. they were the backstage things, they would be on fire. And it's like, wait, you, they don't need this guy. Both of them they can talk. Need- What's going on yeah. here? They did not need him. Uh, let's see. Raj says, still sober, hit by COVID hard. Keep oh. doing what you all do, uh, or what all you do, and keep notes. I think in a few years, a Grapsity book would be money. Ooh, okay. Um, Maybe by that. Uh, just, I think of the stories, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, let's see. We got this one from Orion Ben, 666. He says, uh, <laughs> Other folks say they're about AEW and the vision. Mox lives it. Congrats to him. Congrats, Renee, on her new Bengals gig. Uh, this will continue to be uh, one of WWE's biggest L's. Uh, thanks, Grapsity. I mean, I don't know. WWE's been signing a lot of guys lately. And look, WWE's doing great right now. Um, they're, they're probably going to have a great show. I think uh, pretty much the next two days are probably going to be dominated by Bray Wyatt talk. They are uh, raking the money in, man. They're selling these they're, shows they're, out. They're yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah they're they're, they're fine. And I mean, even on even on Moxley, I think that they got a good first chapter of his professional career out of him. I think for a lot of people, he'll be known for his shield stuff. And I mean, I yeah, think it's fine to have a guy that's known for one part of his career and having a great second part of his career as well. So I don't right. think it's really an L for them. I think it's a win for both parties. Honestly, yeah, definitely. Um. And let's see, we've got a another from Words with Wills that says, uh, 
With all the unprofessional issues lately from others and how it was handled, do you feel like Sasha and Naomi deserve an apology from the wrestling community? They deserve an apology from a lot of people. A, a thousand yeah, because putting belts I, down and walking out is very different than punching people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're talking the line. So, yeah, definitely. They've been old apologies they, from the yeah. top of the, the company that they ran and from a whole bunch of other people, too. I recall no company not uh, as far as any of the issues we've heard over the years um the last year such as you know we heard of issues between becky and sasha we heard a lot of stuff only people who had their stuff addressed on screen right called unprofessional has been sasha Banks. fucking brock lesnar walked left they didn't say shit like it's crazy nobody has had anything said about them on screen except for sasha and naomi nobody's had a public statement put out none of it yeah, I, I think they're definitely owed an apology. So, yeah. Uh, let's see. There's... Both are living their best lives, though, as always. Yeah. Every time I out... see Sasha, she's like just doing something new doing and incredible. The, doing so. the modeling, man, getting the, getting the headshots out there. Yeah, they're killing it. Bags. Uh, I do think they'll be back. I see people that keep going. The further we get away, it doesn't look like they're wrestling. No, they're definitely going to wrestle. I saw that, that, that post that Sasha put up the other day where she's looking at uh all japan matches again she's looking to get back in the ring she'll be back she'll be this back. is sasha banks she I, th- I, think they'll be, I think they'll be at survivor series that's my my yeah. theory is that they boston yeah it's in boston massive sense. pop for yeah. sasha uh and on top of that she could potentially be in war games oh yeah she'll do it yeah yeah oh um, yeah 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 uh let's see adam says lambert was an albatross around the neck of every feud he was a part of drug everything down and made unwatchable tv segments agreed agreed, agreed. I, mean, <laughs> I wanted to turn it off when he came on so i i mean even the page stuff i thought that page was fine i thought the match she had was good i i thought even some of the segments were fine but it was just lambert i didn't mm. want any of the lambert stuff mm. Well, Grim Spider says, sup, guys. Here's to the realest trio in the podcast game. Question for you guys. What's with Paige Van Zandt? Is she still signed? Pretty sure Big she's match Paige, man. Uh, she's, she's not coming back unless the match is big enough, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely <laughs> still signed, but uh, she, you know, she, has the, she was going to do the bare-knuckle boxing thing, but it got canceled or something. So all those different endeavors. But she'll be back when it's big match time. Uh, hopefully very soon so yeah, we can hear, we hear me that. get my shit off. Damn, one time. Don't get out of pocket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got bodies dropping. <laughs> you can catch the fade now. I've heard that so many times. It's funny. <laughs> like most fans have only heard like the Page Van Zandt theme literally one time at uh, at the pay per view. But like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Reg killed it. Like it's I've I listen to it all the time. The, doesn't the homie Anthony King do the yep. look for that? Mm-hmm. Shout out to Anthony King. Shout out yeah. to Anthony King. Destroying. Deontay says Sammy is literally Sean Combs. Instigate. <laughs> did, did you guys see him on Breakfast Club? By the way, a no. little bit, not enough to really get. I, into I, I've it. been keeping up with everything else, but no, I didn't. Mm. So, uh, I was waiting the whole time to see if he was going to address the Mace thing because you know, of course, Mace right. talked about it on Million, million Dollars Worth of Game, and mm-hmm. he's been basically Maybe. saying it to anybody that'll ask him that yeah it's fuck fuck this dude leave me alone yeah. um and so um i was waiting and he gave some he gave some answers that he, he danced a little bit um i thought one of the funniest parts was when charlamagne asked him man how to carry should tie with uh um with drink champs for best podcast of the year and he was like did you pay for that and he was like no she's the best podcast of the year and then charlamagne was like yo she's had five episodes bro what are you talking about <laughs> 
gotta get his girl on. Gotta let his girl. Yeah, I, I was dying, and he kept going like, "No, no, no." She deserved it. And I was like, "Come on, dog. Drink yeah. champs. It, it should have been drink champs, man. Come, Come on. on, man." And so, um, he talked about the May stuff, and uh, <laughs> he goes, "Yeah, uh, I don't have a problem with Mace. I love Mace, and you know, but if he if he thinks I stole some money for him, I did what like one album with him, and you know, then he went away and became like a fake preacher and stole people's money. I'm like, yo, do you love him or not? Like, there's a lot of shade you throw." <laughs> is it love or not love? and so and so it was just like he kind he tried to waffle a little bit he tried right. to you know instigate this thing with mace but also go yo but it's all love but man when mace came back with his promo Ooh, with like the grilling mace was like no nah, ask your mama where that money at yeah he, he said <laughs> he said I, he said i asked big but he dead ask black man. rob but he dead ask craig mack but he's dead what <laughs> I'm like, yeah. bro, bro, been uh, with Eddie Kingston doing promo work over yeah, here. Yeah, that was like, definitely a promo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the other thing that I thought was funny that Puff said was like, yeah, you know, people keep acting like they have issues with me over contracts, but there's no truth to that. And I'm like, Puff, there are Puff, a lot of guys at this point that have come out and said something yeah. about your business dealings. Like, this Everyone isn't just Mace, bro. I don't think Mace is lying about this. I just think that. You don't want to do business with the guy. Hey, you have every right to be like, look, I own, I own your publishing. You can't have it back. I make a lot of money off of this. Right. Go away. I get it. But to just act like, I don't know why this guy's mad. Why would he be mad? Like, you know right. why he's mad. Just like, <laughs> like Irv did with Ashanti's publishing. Like, well, why would she want it back? Like, it's, it's her music, man. What do you mean? Like, everybody right. wants to have their shit. Like, well, it's mine. Well, okay, well, I'm going to be beefing with you every time someone asks me about it then. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, honestly, though, I, um, you know, it's because I was a big Mace fan. I yeah. still think Harlem World is a dope album. There's mm-hmm. one track on there that's had me that I've been thinking about this whole time, everything's been going down. Do you remember that? If niggas want to act, we can act. If niggas mm-hmm. want to scrap, of course. we can scrap. Yeah. If niggas got gas, we got gas. That yeah. has been in my head this entire time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that track yeah. was so dope, by the way. That Murder was the best track on the come album. Come on, man. What are, what are the top albums of that era, man? Like, yeah. come on, man. Jealous guy? Get, get out of here. <laughs> This jealous guy. <laughs> was so man, he owed Mace money, man. He he owe him. Him. Yo, on, bro. We, yo, we gotta talk about how Mace was the hottest act for he him at one point. Like, I feel like Super he was. Hot. I'm if, sorry, but as as the Mariah Carey fan in the room, I'm pretty sure Mace had a line uh, on Honey where he says, "I ain't dropped one single and made his money back," which was referring to the fact that Mace, just off of features, had already. Paid back his contract to Bad Boy. Yes. Just off of features before he dropped Harlem World. Yes. No. Yeah. Mace was the guy for Bad Boy at one point. I feel like there was a point where he was the biggest act he had. Like definitely outside of Big, like it was Mace. Mace was the biggest rapper that that label had. I mean, he brought and in Mace, Mace to and, replace and, Big, and he did it. Shit. Well, the, the thing was, I mean, and not even to replace him because Mace was signed before Big died. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Big's in the video for "Can't Hold Me Down." Right. Like that was, uh, and only you. You could already see at the time. I'm looking at this in like wrestling perspective, right? But you could kind of mm-hmm. see at the time when only you the remix dropped. And, you know, they, they moved Biggie's verse to the top of the song and Mace got to close out the song. You could already see Puff had Mace in his vision of, like, this is my guy. This is about the to guy give him a push. That, this is, yeah, that I'm about to push, right? Because this is a guy who, um, that, you know, he, what, Mace was only 20 at the time. Ladies love him. He's like, I got a dude here that is going to make us some money. Like, he is going to draw for Bad Boy. 
You're going to make me some money is what he really said. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Every time I think about Mace 2, I just think about how he starts the first on on the Tell Me What You Want record. He's like, you you can hum all you want to, come all you want to. Like, that's a wild (laughs) way. That that was only you, by the way. But, yeah, that was... Yeah, well, all right. Gotta let him know. All right, Mace. Let him know what it's about to be about. Yeah, yeah, I, I love Mace though. I, and I, regardless of how this looks, and people are like, "Oh, this is negativity. We don't want to see the beef." I love seeing him active. I love seeing him visible. Yeah, I love, I love it. Mace, honestly, because uh, what the last thing I remember hearing from Mace track wise is that verse he did on um, on Cruel Summer. Uh, what was the name of that track? He has a song on Cruel Summer um, mm. with Kanye. And yeah, uh, that Kanye. where he had that line where he's like, I, <laughs> he said, I ran into Loon, he like, well, lost on Lama Lake. Like, I don't know. It was a good track. Uh, that's the last thing I recall hearing from. Um, from now, Mace, he was though. beefing with uh, with Cameron. He put out a yeah, couple I, of I mean, I remember the, Yeah, the beef with that. Cameron was, <laughs> you know, as a matter of fact, wasn't let me know about Mace. Like, that was. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so. <laughs> oh man, Cameron tells hilarious stories about Mason. By the way, uh, the, the story he told him about about him on Drink Champs is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, Brent Lockman says, "With Vince gone, are people more likely to actually voice their opinions?" As Andrade stepping back into what seems like a powder keg. Uh, um, I don't know. Um, well, I mean that uh that quote from Finn Balor just came out where he said that he felt like uh. Management is a lot more accessible than they were when Vince was in charge, and it feels like more of a collaborative effort. So, maybe. But maybe. I don't um, here's a good question from Tim Gordon because I think the answer uh, to me it's yes. Uh, he says, "Do you guys see Nigel McGinnis in the new ROH?" Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I think you could use him as an ambassador or like a commentator or something. Definitely. Yeah. Hell, I think even if he can't get physical. The fact that he is, again, one of the more prolific Ring of Honor world champions, he's probably somebody that Chris Jericho should interact with. He is somebody that... 100%. Yeah. yeah. If, he, I mean, if, if what Chris is going for mm-hmm. is what's happening, um, about as much as you can do to have Chris Jericho have... The pure championship, he's attached to that too. Like, he he can play a pretty essential role. Him and Brian have the matches. Like, he plays a very essential role to that feud if they bring him in, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it it was very surreal listening to the, the Seth interview with Ariel, and he was like, he never felt like he was the guy at Ring of Honor because he was like, at the time, Nigel was the guy, and I was like, wow, that, that's crazy. That's the thing. Like, Nigel mm-hmm. was the guy when you were there. He was. Uh, Shot Kid says, if AEW ever brings Lambert back, just lean into the MMA stuff, drop the cornet spoof, and have him manage somebody like Filthy Tom Lawler. Yeah. That'd be cool. Uh, uh, I just, I, yeah. I just wouldn't bring him back. You, you are good right now. <laughs> there's not a, pl- there's not a place I see for him right now. So, I'm okay. Um, yeah, I think I'm and, good too. Uh, WWE is grateful social media wasn't around in the '90s. Um, yeah, true. of course. Everybody uh, is. A lot of people are. I mean, that would have ruined a lot of things that we love. Hell, I think honestly, I'm glad podcasts weren't around in the '90s. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, you know, in the way that. Right now, there's a lot of old wrestlers who are making a living off of basically trashing today's wrestling. The thing is, old wrestlers from the 70s hated the Attitude Era. And if they had podcasts to do it, 
where they get to publicly just trash everything that's happening. Essentially, a lot of Attitude Era wrestlers would be fighting uphill battles with those longtime fans who are listening to Bruno San Martino's podcast talking about <laughs> this shit sucks. And uh, Bruno's right. All this Austin 316 shit is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it would have been back yeah, then. Yeah, definitely. Because Bruno was vocal, but like he didn't have a platform mm-hmm. to be that vocal. So that was our it, saving grace is like when the, the legends back then would talk shit, we wouldn't hear about it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just giving some of their viewpoints on a lot of other things, we need to hear it. Yeah, we didn't, <laughs> we didn't need to. We didn't need to, but. It would have been a thing. And mm-hmm. so that's that's what I try to tell um, wrestlers who are like uh, the, the older wrestlers who will go, well, uh, if I do my impersonation, you know who I'm talking about. But <laughs> oh, you, rest, you wrestlers today can't take criticism. And it's like, well, it's because nobody was. Do- They're like, we used to take criticism. Nobody was doing the shit publicly. Nobody right. had podcasts doing that shit. They were telling you backstage. He's or- only talking about Dave Meltzer pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, man. That guy, that guy tweeting that there's no story for this match that happened to be an open challenge was one of the funniest things that I saw this week. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, buddy, I don't think there's a story to open challenge. That's kind of why it's an open challenge. But okay. uh, and, and, and uh, like, I'll make names. Like, we we're talking about Disco Inferno. And the funny yeah. thing about that is that I just happened to recently be watching an episode of Nitro um, because I was watching the build up to Starcade where he just happened to have what's. Mostly referred to as like the only like good match of his career <laughs> um, with uh, with Yuji Nagata. How built up was this match with Yuji Nagata? No way, yeah, nobody. A, a cared match where about he this. faced Yuji Nagata on Nitro for the television title. They announced they they, we, they heard about that match when the music was hitting. Like they didn't announce it last <laughs> week. Yeah. They were like, "Disco Inferno has a match. Hopefully, it goes well." And it went. All right. I, I've I've never seen this before, but somebody in our chat spelled his name like Cisco. They spelled it D I S Q O, and from now on, that's how I'm gonna say his name. Disco. Disco. <laughs> oh, Dream Ninja man. says Sasha loves wrestling. Um, yeah, I, she'll be back, man. She's gonna wrestle again. She really does. But specifically, I wouldn't be mad mad at a match with Julia before coming back to WWE. Both Sasha and Naomi are also going to need to be paid. They're going to get paid. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Paid. Uh, I would love for her to go on a run and do all of this cool um, Joshi wrestling matchups and all this indie wrestling stuff. But I just, I really feel like she's going to go back. Yeah. It's not in the cards. I think. Yeah. They can't I, afford it. Come on. I think guys. she's going back. Uh, she's I mean, on Starwood, the Mandalorian. She ain't about to be in yeah. no BFW hall no more. You guys, come on. <laughs> Side note, by the way, speaking of shows on Disney Plus, I have to say, I enjoyed She-Hulk greatly this week. Uh, fuck all the hate that the show is getting because um, it's a great show. It's fun. It's fun. Who could hate this? Like, I nah. I don't know. I'm Single female a- lawyer having <laughs> lots of sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Look, I, I love right. it. I guess... Spoilers, uh, I mean, mild spoiler that like you've seen all the images on social media. Daredevil is in this show, in this, in this episode. And, you know, Daredevil, of course, on his own is a it's a dark and gritty show. He shows up in um, in She-Hulk, which is much more lighthearted and comedic. So, of course, 
he's going to be a little more on the lighthearted and comedic side. And I see people who are like, oh, they're ruining Daredevil. And it's like, look, it's not like she showed up on his show and turned the show comedic. He showed up here and was more comedic in Them his element. Nerds always think somebody ruining something. <laughs> like, get I mean, over it, dude. And look, as far as the sex is concerned, Daredevil has gotten around. Like... This That's man. his whole character in the comics is that he's like had sex with numerous women and ruined their lives. <laughs> yes. And so look, as far as you knew from the beginning, the moment these two made eye contact in the episode and you're like, I, I was rooting for it. I'm like, oh, She-Hulk is going to fuck Daredevil. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> She-Hulk is going to fuck Daredevil. It's not a sentence I ever thought I would hear on Grapsody, yeah. but here we are, baby. Uh, Emilio tweeting out, uh, why are people mad at, at Daredevil for getting some of those green cheeks was hilarious. <laughs> and then T green responded cheek. with, uh, he was like, how do you know they were green cheeks? And he was like, she was human form when they went in the bedroom, and I was like, look, you don't know what happens between them sheets. Like, she could have transformed five or six times. I'm uh, saying. Without, We've seen it. Without all of that, look. We don't know if it's just when the Hulk gets angry. I'm just saying. <laughs> but, Might be yeah. when he gets horny, too. We don't know. Yeah. Nobody knows. We haven't seen Horny Hulk yet. <laughs> yeah. It's a, I think it's a fun show, man. I think people yeah, have to relax, man. Yeah. Is I enjoyed the episode. I don't give a fuck. It, honestly, um, that was probably my favorite episode of the season, just uh, in the way it ended, in the way that... Uh, you have to watch. Enjoy it. It's Hulk. It's She-Hulk. And you know what's making the season so enjoyable? It's these episodes are only half an hour, and I'm like really enjoying how like easily digestible the show is. I could just sit down, watch it. I don't have to like dedicate a huge amount of time to it. Look, and I'm coming off of having watched Stranger Things earlier this year, where there's literally a two-hour episode. Um, so it is a nice relief to just be able to sit down, have a half-hour show, get a good story, and then move on with my week. Ross, three hours, Will Washington. Yeah. I can't stand behind uh, any of this. <laughs> yeah, it, it's basically like a sitcom. Um, yeah. It's like a sitcom with, with Marvel characters in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Let's see. I might check it out. I like that description. <laughs> Shadman Huda says, uh, salute, finally catching this live. Want to shout out fiance, your boy just got engaged. Congratulations. Congrats. That's awesome. Congrats. Yes, uh, we're watching Extreme Rules tonight. She's a Bailey fan, and you know I'm Team EST. Um, yeah, Big well, Bailey's winning be. tonight, buddy. Yeah, Big Bailey's winning tonight. Uh, uh, Big Bailey's yeah, winning, buddy. Brent says this no. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and so let's talk about uh, Bound for Glory. Bound for Glory took place uh, last night, and it was watched by one. <laughs> Philip Lindsay. Phil, you watched Bound for Glory. Um, I thought it was good. I, I thought that uh the parts of it that weren't good are gonna be the parts that are gonna be on Twitter the most, like uh the bully ray thing and mm-hmm. you know, Kazarian winning. But uh Speedball versus Cass was very good. Um I didn't agree with the the outcome of it, but the match itself was good. It was a very good opener. Um I thought uh the, the women's tag match was very good. I thought the the other tag match was eh, it was it was kind of meh. Um, but I thought most for the most part it was a good show. I thought the main event was good. Uh, I have no interest in Bully Ray challenging for a championship in 2022. Um, I have no interest in some of the stuff that they're still doing with Honor No More. Uh, but 
Other so OG, OGK retained, right? Yep, they did. And yes. this was supposed to be, Maria was telling us that their contracts are coming up soon. Contracts are coming up. Contracts uh, are up today. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, man, have to give a shout out to Mickey James. I feel like uh, people kind of downplay the fact that Mickey has had a fantastic year at the beginning of the year at a Royal Rumble. Rumble. Um, and was had a pretty decent run as knockout champion. I feel like the last rodeo stuff they're doing is really cool. I think the story they're telling with her now of her, you know, going through all of these last opponents and having a story of her eking out these desperate wins over younger talent is cool. It's a good way to put over someone like Mia Yim. Um, I thought the match of the night by far was Jordan Grace versus Masha Slamovich. They killed it. Uh, Jordan looks fantastic. Uh, like her body transformation is like it's crazy it's crazy mm, uh, yeah uh yeah I, I thought it was, for the most part it was a good paper did masha um, go over or jordan went over jordan won um uh, i feel like it's i feel like uh that's going to be unpopular with some people because yeah. masha was on the undefeated streak but yeah. i think that jordan needed a signature win because i i think when she was champion the first time they immediately moved on to diana and that first reign was kind of forgettable um, and really when you think about her other range, like even her tag range wasn't that memorable. So I think she needed a signature win. She needed a big win. And I, I think this and the, the win to get the title and the, uh, listen to the ultimate X. Was it ultimate X? No, it was, uh, queen of the queen mountain, of the mountain. Queen yeah, of the mountain yeah. match. Yeah, the, yeah. I think even the queen of the mountain match, she had a great performance in that. So. And it feels I like she, with, with Masha, they're setting up. It's still, it feels like Killer Kelly came in at the same time, and her and yeah. Masha were kind of like on the exact same trajectory. Like they're trying to do the same things with both of them. And I yeah, think they're going to give it to Killer Kelly. That's why it, it happened. I, Masha will be back. I think Masha will be fine. This this loss doesn't hurt her at all because she looked incredible in this match. Like, I again, I think this was match of the night. Uh, but no, I'm not mad at Jordan getting a win. Uh, right. I, I think the. It was a good win for uh, Jessica and Taya as well. I'm a big fan of the rebranding of making her Jessica and doing a sick chant. I think that's one of the best rebrands of the year. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a fun pay-per-view. It just happened to be on a night with a lot of other wrestling. And then the news stories that came out of it is like, oh, T, what are you doing, Impact? What are you doing? Still booking Bully Ray. Bully Ray is going to leave a sour taste in everyone's mouth no matter yeah, what. Yeah, I mean, even... A, even the Kazarian stuff, like I, I think it's a good. It's moment. been ten years since Aces and Eights, by the way. Like, yeah, it's not yeah. Like Bully Ray yeah. is a character. It's a whole like, different crop of I, Impact fans at this point. Yeah, I, I don't want it. I mean, even the even the Kazarian stuff, like I think it's a good moment for Frankie. Um, but if you're gonna build up Speedball to be this big obstacle, it would have been better if somebody on your roster beat him. Um, but it is what it, it is. It is interesting, by the way, now that. If I had said to you two years ago that AEW guys are going to hold Ring of Honor titles and Impact titles um, while simultaneously maintaining all their own championships, uh, that would have sounded insane. It would have sounded insane. <laughs> <good. laughs> and uh, now, yeah, you do have Frankie who could potentially use that title anywhere. Speak, and... Speaking of, I do think it's funny that a lot of those people, when Kenny was there, they were doing it. How does this benefit AEW? How does this benefit this partnership? Impact's not getting anything out of this. Um, well, you see what they were getting out of it with Kenny not there. The biggest issue with that company is they don't have a real main event scene. I think a lot of the times, 
um, the X Division stuff and the women's stuff really carries their shows. And that's not to say that um, Josh isn't a great champion. He is a great champion. But I don't feel like they have a guy that he feels doesn't like, have any contenders. Yeah, they don't have he doesn't have any contenders and they don't have anybody that feels like a legitimate star. That is the face of that company. Um, and I think bringing in Bully Ray to make waves is just proves that that's part of the problem. They need like legitimate main eventers. They, but I mean, they they it, they need to invest more in the X Division guys. Like you're saying, like if you're they had speedball on the, on the way. And then they take it away. I thought they were leading to the option C thing. It's like they always do things like that. And then the main event scene is just kind of lackluster, unfortunately. Um, I think Josh Alexander is doing all he can to become that person that you're talking about. But I just don't think it's happened yet because Impact still doesn't have enough eyes on them. You know what I mean? Like people still don't believe. It's really funny to think about it. But the last like legitimate star that was like, this is the main eventer that you guys have been waiting for was Tessa Blanchard. Eesh. Ooh. Nuts. <laughs> That's nuts. That, that feels like so long ago. Now, it I does. saw somebody in the chat say that Impact needs a better TV deal. Um, they do. They're part uh, of a TV company, though, so we're going to have to ride this one out. Yeah. Uh, no, I was going to say, I don't think they're going to get a... Uh... Oh, okay. It's out there now. All right. So the thing that I was talking about this morning, uh, well, oh, it's I out saying, now? Yeah, I was saying something else big could be happening, but uh, now it's out there. So, okay. So I guess cat out of the bag that um, it is believed that Renee was also signed by AEW with uh, alongside um, uh, Moxley and uh, that was the thing I said, hey, there might be more coming along but you'll have to wait and see okay <laughs> uh i didn't think that would break during the show but yeah um hey i think that... for the rest of the details on that hey i think that's great if it happens i think renee has had a great trajectory since he's left wwe i think her podcast is great not just saying it because my friend produces it uh i think she's one of the best interviewers in the business i think she's I think she's phenomenal. I think what she's doing with NFL looks like a great deal for her. And so, yeah, I do want to see her. Yeah, I do want to see her involved with another wrestling company, though. I think that uh, she brings a lot to the table. Yeah, I think I think we're missing out by not having her as like a backstage interviewer or something. And Mm. I I know that she is like down on her attempt at commentating, but I wouldn't be mad if she got another shot as a commentator. Right. Yeah, I mean, we'll we will see where that goes. Something told me yesterday, uh, and that was uh, kind of the prompt to look into it. Was um, Moxley signing for five years? This is just my speculation, but I'm like, I can't help but wonder if he wants somebody on the road <laughs> right. uh, through those five years. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and. But either, either way, she, on her own merit... She's phenomenal, design. regardless. Yeah, she's yeah. phenomenal. She mm-hmm. There's so much she could bring to the table. Um, so I'm just curious to see what that's all get about. Get them bags. Let's get a, a talking smack, AEW talking smack off this bitch, man. Which yeah, I think I, but the interesting, the interesting thing about it is, as the story's reported, um, is that uh, it's believed, and the people who believe it is WWE. WWE is under the impression, because WWE just did a whole bunch of... Um, Shuffling. And that, they, they did a whole bunch of uh, announce table shuffling, and they signed back Kathy Kelly. And there's a um, 
and the it's like if they sign Kathy Kelly, you know it. that they called Renee. That that they called Renee. Yeah. We knew they yeah. called Renee, yeah. but it was a matter of I guess WWE learned that in calling her, why can't we enter discussions what's going on <laughs> and usually when that happens that they are of the belief that oh she's signed somewhere where we can't uh talk to her why Not is that yet. the case and so um they are of that belief more than anybody else and so that's essentially where this all got started um, yeah she just went back for uh like a round table or something as well yeah and so i think like i'm sure that there were talks that stem from that as well definitely uh, but yeah, I mean, so, speaking yeah, that's of, a, that's speaking out of commentator, now, though, so, uh, uh, forget what I said at the beginning of the show <laughs> <laughs> about holding it on came, it happened. <laughs> yeah. So there's a, there, there's some more details around that stuff, but that's not in the fightful story. So I'm not going to put anything else right. out there unless. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say? Speaking of commentary. Um. Oh, I. I think the thing that Impact has improved miles on is their commentary. I think yes, uh, I love Tom. He's a Tom is fantastic, yeah. and I think having Matt on as, with him as well, I think they're a very good commentating team. Yes. Um, I enjoyed D'Lo when he was on, but I think that these two as commentary is yeah. Awesome. D'Lo and Matt Striker was crazy. I like this combination. The this is yeah. one of the best combination they've had in a long time. You know what's great though is um, uh, so like. You know, WWE has decided, and apparently this was a Hunter initiative, good, that they are going back to commentary duos. And that they are going to try and find the right combination, but they're not going to force anything. So basically, if a duo's not working, keep switching. Which is good and bad. I feel like you got to give some guys time to really find themselves. um, No one's gotten time on Raw in a while. I know, WWE has... Raw has changed commentary teams... Pretty much every year since mm. 2013, I want to say. Right. Uh, and it's just kind of nuts that they, they haven't really been finding the right combination for Monday Night Raw. Um, when you think about how long Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon were together, or you think about how long JR and Jerry the King Lawler were together, mm. and you know even Taz and Michael Cole was a prolific duo. You had, um, uh, who else? Uh, and... And Pat McAfee and Michael Cole were kind of starting mm-hmm. to find their their footing. Like, give these guys time. Uh, and WWE hasn't really been willing to give guys time to find each WWE's like, I after did, six months, you're gone. You're out. <laughs> I did feel that one trio was clicking that had the chemistry. And it was the one that WWE was most willing to flush down the toilet. And that was the trio of Tom Phillips, mm-hmm. Byron Saxton, and Corey Graves. Corey. Mm-hmm. I thought the three of them on SmackDown Live, perfect trio. I thought they mm-hmm, were great yeah. together. I thought that they all complimented each other well. They were all doing well. And that was the one that they were the quickest to go, nah. <laughs> like as soon as SmackDown Live came about, or as soon as SmackDown Live went to Fox and just became SmackDown, um, that was the one they were like, all three of you, get yeah. Yeah, they here. fucked up with Tom, man. I think Tom's tremendous. He could, yeah, I, I they agree. They need to bring him back. I agree. Uh, yeah, SmackDown Live was just such a SmackDown great. Live was super fun, man. I so love great. what they were doing for a while there. They just fucked it all I, up. I love SmackDown while. Live's team, and I love SmackDown Live in general. You're right. And Yeah, SmackDown uh, Live was just so much better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a great time. It was a great time through SmackDown Live, especially, like, the roster that they had. 
Like 2017 wasn't a great year for them for sure because that was the Jinder Mahal year. But uh, that 2016 stuff and all that stuff in 2018, great, great run for SmackDown. AJ Live. Styles was killing it. Oh, Yo, my God. Uh, somebody, somebody said nobody has made stealing a title look better than Jinder did when he ran off and jumped in a limo. And I laughed because I was like, you're actually kind of right because I thought that stuff was hilarious. Now, did it need to go in this, into this long title um, run? Maybe not, but I thought the initial stuff around it of him taking the title and actually beating Randy at Backlash, I thought it was hilarious. I mean, the, the greatest stealing title, uh, of course, is from Phil when he put the title at his fridge, though. Like, you can't yeah. beat that. I mean, cool. yeah. I mean, there's stuff like that. There's Rock stealing Austin, throwing it in the river. Mm-hmm. And, and, hey, we just got a new one because Nyla Rose just stole the TBS title from Jade Cargill. Nyla, uh, get that night. championship. She's not going to get that championship. But we love yeah. Nyla Rose. <laughs> the way she ran out of there was was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, hey, I'm seeing some people in the chat might be on the right track on things, but I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> uh, but what, the, that gender sucked? Uh, I ain't gender. No, no, not that. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but um, so, the... Uh, we got a pay-per-view tonight. Premium live event. PLE. Looks, looks really good. Mm-hmm. Actually, does. Um, we've got extreme rules. I don't I know why say. they won't give Bobby Lashley a fucking match, but yeah, let's go. I mean, well, um, I, I will say that because he's got I have the a season. theory why. Well, mm. they've got the season premiere of Raw happening um, th- this Monday, and that card in itself is feeling pay-per-view like. I think he's going to lose the title to Seth on Monday. I think so, uh, too. And so, in the meantime, um, which is good, honestly. I think that Seth needs a championship. I think with the United States title kind of becoming the top title on Raw, who better than Seth Rollins to to be that guy? Bring back open challenges. Um, Yeah. I kind of don't agree. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Do tell, do tell. I want to hear. Please. I kind of don't agree. Uh, when you watch, when you watch uh, the Ariel interview, um, I think a lot of people took very interesting sound bites from it. A lot of people really ran with that uh, wins, wins and losses don't matter. I think in the context of where he said it, it made sense though. Um, but I, one of the themes I took away is it seems like Seth is pretty frustrated. And I took that away from several points in his interview when he was saying that he never felt like he was the guy. Um, he felt like um, even when Hawani asked them, uh, was there any point where you felt like they were giving you uh, all of the run and they were making you the guy? And he said, no. And he said, even okay, when true. you were champion the first time, he was like, no. He was like, I felt like I was always just a placeholder until Roman was ready. And um, I think that that's pretty true. And he said, even even when he went away because he had leukemia, I still felt like a part of it was like, this isn't my moment. It was just, I'm only getting this moment because he's not here. And I think that's fair. And I, you could feel the frustration in it. And the other part of it is when you look at, just look at his WrestleMania track record for the last three years. All of those matches are him putting guys over. Um, KO in, in 2020, um, Cesaro last year, and Cody this year. There is nobody that is in the top 
of the company that is considered a main inventor that has been as selfless as main as this guy for the last two years he's been doing everything to help other guys get over this entire year he's been taking losses to get guys over and so i feel like what's gonna happen is he's gonna lose to to riddle tonight and i feel like that the consolation prize is they're gonna put the u.s title on him and I don't feel like they would do that with anybody else that's considered what he is to that company. They would never do that to Brock. They would never do that to Roman. And I think that the problem here is, again, like I said, I don't want to be a broken record, but Raw needs a world title. It does. And I feel like the fact that this guy is not world champion is a disservice. And I mean, I, I don't think it'll be bad that he'll be a mid-card champion, but I could I could see why he would look at this like, come on, man. Like, out of everything, nobody has waved the flag for this company harder than he has. And that's what you give him in the U.S. title run? No, I want it. And I'm not saying that he doesn't want it, but that's kind of how I feel for him. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, we shall see. Uh, I, I just hope he gets a good run being the, the top. Obviously, he's not going to get past Roman. Um, and No, no, absolutely not. Uh, but I could, you could definitely feel the frustrations, man. I, right. I, I don't, and at first I thought like I was just reading too much into it, but the further you listen to the interview, I'm like, yeah, no, he's, he's frustrated. Uh, well, we are going to see tonight six matches. That's it. They didn't add any more. Good. Don't add any more. Um, now, I know people will go, hey, don't you defend big AEW cards? Like, yeah, we get four of those a year. Mm-hmm. I get these once a month. There's so going to be another one of these in three weeks. Like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm good on having a whole bunch happening uh, because you have you're, – you're simultaneously building to Crown Jewel while building this. So, right. like, we know. Uh, but – we got Brawling Brutes versus Imperium in a good old-fashioned Donnybrook match. That's probably going to be dope. Yeah, uh, We love pretty much every guy involved here. Um, I feel Gunther like- went over last night, right? I did, the last he night. did. Uh, okay. They did a really odd finish for it, but it was a good match. I think that the match at Clash was better. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I like everything they're doing with both of these trios. I think uh, Imperium looks great. Um, that thing they do where Walter takes off his coat and like rolls it back and then Ludwig like whirls it up and puts it in his arm. It's one of the mm-hmm. smoothest things I've ever seen. I don't know how they do it, but it looks great every time they do it. Yeah, that match should bang tonight for sure. Um, Edge facing Finn Balor. I quit. Oh God, Edge. <laughs> I quit match. Fucking boring. Um, Finn's got to win this match, man. I'm sorry, but... Um, I feel like Edge should be doing what they have Rollins doing. Um, he should be putting guys over. And I feel like right. Finn is a guy that should be getting put over at this point in his career. Um, I feel like if you have Edge here, win here, it kind of ruins the trajectory that uh, Judgment Day is on. And I think Judgment Day needs to get far away from Edge. I think they need, yeah. to, I think they need to create their own identity. Yeah, I think Finn needs It'd to It'd be very bad here if Edge wins for Judgment yeah. Day. Of yeah. him being like, oh, he, I was right. I did kick all their asses in there. Yeah, no, they. Yeah, that was that. this was this is my thing, and I I beat your guy that you chose over me. Like that would be horrible. Yeah, they can't. Do I'm that. going over really quickly the history of I quit matches in WWE. Just looking at them to see how oh, I correct suck. I am. Well, more than anything, I'm trying to see if there was ever a time where there was a babyface that WWE believed in. 
that just quit. You know, because like Mankind, they did the recording that mm-hmm. um, that the Rocket played, uh, which was clever at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was the uh, Triple H in the Rock where Kane was about to choke slam China, and then uh, Hunter had to quit uh, to save China. Foley quit to save uh, Molina that one time. The only babyface that like straight up lost an I quit match, which to be fair, Vince was Vince on this particular person was Rey Mysterio. Vince had no problem. Like, there's a lot of revisionist history on Rey Mysterio that really just goes back to like 2018. Yeah. Where where people are like, yeah, WWE's always done right by Rey Mysterio. And like, no, it's really just like the 2018 run. But like his two title runs, he they literally let Jack Swagger drag him around like a baby. Um and he was world champion and just dragged him around <laughs> the arena while he's kicking and screaming. And um they had great Kali squash him. They uh, yeah, and he, Chavo, he won the championship and then Cena won it at the end of the night. <laughs> yeah. Jesus uh Ray Mysterio oh, did lose an I quit match <laughs> clean as a baby face to Chavo Guerrero. Uh <laughs> so like they're not very it's it's not usual that they would let a babyface lose an I quit match without there being some kind of shenanigans. Like if Beth gets involved and somebody's like standing on that's Beth's where it neck. feels like it's re- it's yeah. leading to some. Yeah, if thing. they do something along those lines, otherwise I see Finn just losing. Um, yeah, that would suck. I I hope that's not where we're going. I I think Finn's got to win. Right. Uh, we've got Bianca Belair defending the Raw Women's Title in a ladder match against Bailey. This is an interesting first one. ever uh, singles women's ladder match. I'm, I'm curious Ever? What, in WWE in history? A, a main roster. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, main roster. Uh, I'm curious, what did you guys think of Raw? I thought this was the worst Raw since Triple H took over. Um, <laughs> I I get what they're trying to do because there is no world title there. So they have to put something in a main event. And the Bailey stuff with Bianca is the main story on Raw right now. So a lot of the times the women have main evented Raw. Uh, but I feel like they're main eventing with pretty uninteresting women's matches. And right. that's not. Well, hold on. Um, this is a little bit of a, a trick that WWE likes to do because they did this in previous years during football season. Their thing is to put shit in the main event that they that's don't actually well. care about. Right. Because oh, They did this with the cruiserweights. Right. Remember when yeah. the cruiserweights were main eventing raw? Oh, it yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. Uh, oh, look, the cruiserweights are main eventing raw. But mm-hmm. uh, at the same time, those segments were tanking, but at least they weren't tanking the stuff that they actually cared about against the NFL. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like they threw the towel in on the third hour this week because, yeah, uh, I agree be- because uh, one, they didn't even announce EO versus Alexa until nine minutes into the third hour. Like that was very clear that uh, as far as the third hour was concerned, they pretty much were like washing our hands oh of this. God. So we know this. Let's, is- let's let's do this. Let's do this. Hey, Chad, I know that the the that the Raw Women's Championship is a world title. They're not main eventing the show with Bianca defending the title as world champion. They're putting stuff like EO versus Alexa in the main event. That's what I'm talking about. I I know that it's a world title, guys. Yeah. Well, I will say this though. Um, I think. 
having all the other titles merged and not the women's titles is actually diluting the women's titles now because now those feel like half a championship when you have one complete world championship on the men's side you have one complete tag team champion um on the men's side you have one complete women's tag champions on the men's side but now you have half a champion on as far as the women's titles are concerned that's a an issue that i feel like they kind of have to address mainly because of the fact that um the raw women's title is feeling huge raw women's title feels like the title of the company bianca feels like Look, I thought that segment with her and Bailey, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked um, Bianca. Uh, I like that Bailey has had some pretty standard stuff to say. She's had some pretty standard complaints, um, stuff that people have thrown at Cena for years. But Bianca's had comebacks that Cena never had. And yeah. uh, I have liked a lot of that stuff with her. She feels like the champ. Liv does not. And so... Uh, uh, well... It, hmm. And... and but to the point of where Bianca appeared on SmackDown last week on a show that Liv's also on. Mm-hmm. Like, Bianca works both shows. Liv doesn't work both shows. Right. So now it feels like you have one women's title and one women's title. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe by the end of uh, Extreme Rules, when they have the SmackDown Women's Champion they want, uh, that'll change things. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh... for now, I think... I do think Bailey walks out of yeah. this show with the women's title. Ross women's I, championship. Especially I, I considering agree. it's a ladder match. I think you have Bailey in a position to Bianca win. doesn't have to get pinned. Yeah. Bianca doesn't have to get pinned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this is the time yeah, to do it. I I hope they don't merge the women's titles. I think that would be a bad idea. I think that at this point they have too many women on a roster to make it the women's the one women's title and a tag title. I don't believe that they care enough about those tag titles for me to believe that they will book them consistently. Um, And I think if they're going to do that, they should just go the route of having a main women's title and having like a a worker's title, have a a white title. So This this is what I'm saying. Uh, I say that uh, the two women's titles, because you have one that feels like a world title and you have one that feels secondary. And so to me... um, I agree. Was it Raquel who just said it this week that she wants to see a women's yeah, intercontinental title. title? Yeah, you have a women's intercontinental title, and that bring be... the Divas Championship. Back. <laughs> <laughs> Stop playing <laughs> butterfly, baby. That look, could be the secondary championship. The Divas but look, Championship. But look, you do the women's intercontinental title, then you then all of a sudden there wouldn't be a whole lot of argument over whether or not Liv feels like a world champion, and then you do have a women's world champion in what Bianca's doing. Yeah, because if you merge those titles, um, you know what they're going to do. If they have the choice of Bianca and, and Ronda, they're picking Ronda. 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 Um, yeah. And so I, that's what I'm afraid of if they merge I don't the know. Bianca, you know what? I think they uh, Come love on. The, no, uh, but look, she is, she is homegrown. I think they do really love the fact that uh, they can claim everything about Bianca, and it's worked. That's it's very Ronda, rare. Big dog, Ronda that, that is That is all true, but... It's Ronda Rousey. You know Ronda they're Rousey. picking Ronda. Mm-hmm. You you know it. And well, uh, come uh, on. that that's another match we are seeing. Uh, Extreme Rules SmackDown Women's Title on the line. Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey. Uh, has Liv I, got any of her heat back at all? Does I she, think that she has she, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think I that think the build so. to this match has actually been good. Honestly, okay. 
Um, I think the table spot that Liv did a few weeks ago was great. That was pretty hot. I like that. I, I think that the the having Ronda come out with have uh, and have the match, and then Liv came out with the bat, and that the the pull apart brawl they had. I think all that stuff was good. Okay. Now, I do feel like the the further we've got into this reign, that it's very apparent to me that Liv's title reign was a vehicle to help Ronda get over again. Very it's, apparent. It's, it's very obvious to me that that's what they did. They took the title off of her and made her seem like the underdog to get people on her side. And I think she's going to turn tonight. I think yeah. she is going to cheat to win. I wouldn't be surprised if Shayna helps her win. Um, yeah, I think that's where we're going. But either way, we'll Ronda see. will be champion by the end of the night. Definitely. We're just hours away from either being very right or very wrong. So <laughs> um, we will also see Drew McIntyre versus Karrion Cross. Uh, I don't care who wins this. Yeah, I, this one's cold to me. I'm not it's really, a strap match. Um, yeah. Karrion is cold. Karrion Yeesh. is not working. Not for um, me. I am oh, actually... Man. He's kind of holding, kind of holding Drew down too. If we're keeping it real, Ugh. yeah. Well, no, I don't. Yeah. I actually don't think that he is. I think that Drew is fine. I just think that this is going to be the one of those things. He's going to beat him, and he's going to move on. I think that. Uh, I think Cross is winning tonight, and I think Drew's just going to move on to the next week. Right. Yeah. This. Is... Yeah. I hope they don't drag it out. I don't make this. Uh. All right. Well, he wants his rematch after this. Don't drag this feud on too long. Just give Cross the win and move on. Right. And finally, Daniel Cormier, a special guest referee. We are going to see a fight pit match, which has always been a, a thing that delivers. Matt Riddle going one-on-one with Seth freaking Rollins. Matt has to win this one, uh, yeah. I think. Uh, I think he's going to win. With the stipulation, I, he has to. But then the U.S. title's on the line to the very next, or two nights later. This so is like, what makes it This is what makes it so weird, because so I, I think he's going to lose, and he's going to win one day. It just... Yeah, I think so too. I, I, think I he, just uh, don't get why they're booking him this way. It just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, but I, I really like the the stuff they've done with him and Riddle. I think since taking that match off of SummerSlam, which again goes to my theory of why he was frustrated, because at one point Seth was Mister SummerSlam. He had he great SummerSlam matches, and to just come back in with a new regime and a new regime immediately goes, "Hey, we're taking you off SummerSlam, buddy." And it's like I'm not wrestling on. One of the biggest pay-per-views of the year when I have produced all year. Yeah, I would have been mad. Um, And so uh, I think he's going to win. I think the story of them, not only Cormier being a Rollins fan and then them mimicking the Cormier split screen interview earlier this year. I think it's a cool way to bring Cormier in. Right. And I think Cormier is probably going to help Riddle win. Yeah. Hey. Uh, Brent says, has Finn ever recovered from jobbing out to the top rope? Feels like not he really. hasn't. He nope. hasn't. No. <laughs> <Not really. laughs> They've done Finn so wrong. No, and the, yeah, and the worst part about not. that was, the story at the time was they called Finn up to the main roster back from NXT where he was mm-hmm. doing quite well because he was needed on the main roster. He comes in, immediately feuds with Roman, loses to the fucking top rope, <laughs> and then gets sent to Raw. <laughs> so funny. Awful. Uh, uh, that there, was there, so bad. No, th- I am not. Look, we have to do like a retrospective on how bad the last year of Vince McMahon was because mm-hmm. like that shit was fucking awful. Jeez. And I don't under. And there were people like making dead excuses for all of it. And yes, like, there was. Especially now that the show is quite enjoyable. I like uh, WWE television that I'm watching right now. Mm-hmm. But like, let's be honest about that last year events. It, it was, was fucking bad. awful. Stop it was watching. Like, it was very bad. Ir- like irredeemably bad stuff. I stopped watching WWE for the first time in fucking 30 years. That's how it, bad it was. Yeah. 
I oh stopped watching God. it. Like, yeah. you can even say maybe the last two years, but at least one of those years can be excused as, ah, it's COVID, they're trying new things. Mm. But, like, that last year in front of fans where they were like, hey, let's just throw fake reactions out the there. The Queen's cause... Crown Tournament? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my yeah. goodness. We got to be honest about that final <laughs> year events. It was so bad. Mm. Um, yeah. But um, mm. Leonard. Leonard Aaron says, uh, Seth's interview with Ariel makes me a, makes a very open and shut case for why next year's Mania should be Seth Roman once and for all. Let these two tear it down with Seth getting his moment beating Roman. And he's not going to get his moment because you know what they're going to do. Either they're going to give the moment to Roman versus Rock or... But Roman they... just wins. That's the only problem I have with that is that mm-hmm. it ain't like Rock at 50. By the way, you know Roman is... Uh, I, I, this fact just hit me as Roman was making his entrance. But Roman is just shy of the same age Rock was when he returned for the feud with Cena. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like, uh, Roman's late 30s. He's, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. We're, we're approaching kind of those. Like, when people say Roman's the next Rock, like, I could see him maybe getting, like, some Hollywood roles. But the fact is, like, Rock moved point? on at, like, 30. <laughs> Rock was, like... <laughs> Roman about to move on too. (laughs) (laughs) Rock moved on at like 30. Roman is, you know, what, 30? He's, I think he turns 38 coming up this year. Like, yeah, I think he's 37. 37, Um, yeah, he's 37. But, oh my God, this leads even more to my point of why Rollins might be frustrating. Like, yo, you did not lose that match at, at Royal Rumble. You did not lose that match. You did not you did not get pinned or submitted. And you look around and Logan fucking Paul is getting a title <laughs> match and he has wrestled all of what two matches for the company. And you and have been at, killing it all year. And it's at one of the biggest paydays that the company Yeah, I, crazy. I, I, and, 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 and I, I think in his mind he just knows he's not getting that WrestleMania match. It's gonna be it's gonna be Rock versus Roman, or it's gonna be Cody. And he yeah. knows it. And the thing about the, the Logan Paul stuff, so like last night was was an embarrassing night for Logan and that so he comes out they play the fake cheers over his theme music and it sounds canned uh, like it, it sounds almost like it's attached to the music and then when the music stops crowd is chanting Logan sucks and <laughs> Roman Roman covers for Roman was great here Roman talking about hey don't listen to them they were doing that to me just a couple years ago and now I'm the goat mm. uh, and I thought that was a great line um, but then they put the mic back in Logan and, and then Paul Heyman Paul Heyman was off here and like, Paul this Heyman, was a they, bad Heyman uh, promo, bro. Like, <laughs> Let's be honest, was it was a here, bad Heyman, like, Heyman promo. Like name dropping um, and Ben Shapiro and like name dropping all the stuff he was doing. That wasn't working at yeah, all. And bad. like, yeah, I tend to forget because like WWE does a pretty decent job of making sure that guys, especially main roster guys, aren't vocal about this stuff. But like, Paul was a pretty like vocal right wing guy. Uh, before he resigned in 2012, uh, but like for those years beforehand, he was very much vo- for the years he was unemployed by WWE and he was just online and running that Heyman Hustle account. Like he was just he was vocal, mm-hmm. um, and I forget about that. And and I didn't think this worked. Uh, I also did not think that. Uh, I don't know how you guys felt about Logan here, but I thought he was bad um, um. and. Logan Logan had a weird week. He had his uh he had his uh promo he tried to cut on uh 
on why Bad Bunny is bad Bunny. from getting yeah. tax exemption from yeah. his home country. I, I was like, what are you talking about, dude? That was that was awful. And yeah. I thought the segment wasn't very good either. I thought Sami Zayn saved Sammy the segment. Sami Zayn saved it. That's what I, mm-hmm. where I was going with it. When Sami came around, it was great. Sami is stealing all of this. He was phenomenal. He's on yeah, fire. He was great. He right into that role. Yes, Logan Paul, this is not the position to put him in. That's obvious to see that I mean, going promos yeah. with Roman and Paul Heyman and Sami Zayn. That's not the position. That's not how you set this guy up. Are, are we supposed to root for Logan here? Right. I don't want to root for Logan. Um, mm-hmm. If 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 Roman is the heel here, Logan is not making me want to root for him. Right. Um, yeah, this feels like, well, I can't say what it really feels like because people might not like my opinion. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, just, I just don't care for the way they're setting up this match. I think the match will probably be good, but I just, I just don't care about it. Yeah. Brent Lockman says, hearing the name Jordan Peterson on Fox isn't shocking, but in Oof. wrestling, yeah. oh no. Yeesh. Again, like I said, it's it, it, it was something. All you of it see was. why we don't need it when it yeah. happens. And you're like, oh yeah, I see that why that's not in wrestling. Because yeah. it's nasty. And then trying to call out Ben Shapiro to like, hey, come up here on the show. Like, please, please don't. Ben. God, we don't no, want to see don't, you. Don't do that. Don't do it. Uh, let's see. Last one uh, we're reading for the night, night, day, because it's only just afternoon. Um, <laughs> uh, Shot Kid says, for Grapsity, if that AEW women's show happens, announced team could be Renee and Veda with yes. uh, either Excalibur or Ian. Veda um, needs to get signed to a contract. She's amazing. Veda Scott is a great yes, woman's She is great. Um, she has met my daughter great. Veda, by the way, and they have they were, and they gave the Millhouse moment of uh, <laughs> double Vedas. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, uh, the two of them have come face to face, and it was it was cool. I was like, "Hey, Veda Scott, meet my daughter Veda Washington." <laughs> <laughs> man, um, I man. Speaking of women's stuff for AEW, I thought that the women's stuff was tremendous this week. I thought all week, the, huh? I thought the match was very good on Monday. Mm-hmm. I thought the segment that they did was a little bit awkward, but I thought the payoff of it of uh, page, page. Soraya actually getting um, physical was worth it, um, and I thought yeah, Willow she's clear. Willow looked amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, I thought no, Willow a... versus Jade was very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a reason that in the center of the graphic for today's episode, there's Willow Nightingale, and that is how we're going to wrap this show. Is that this is Willow's week? All right, Willow got the victory. She got a pin over Penelope Ford. Uh, or Penelope, uh, as, Penelope looked tremendous too. As, <laughs> yeah, yeah, my dude Booker T. Who's look? I am afraid for him calling the names of new people that he's oh, never seen man, before. Oh man, they NXT. got some wild names over because, there. Because yeah, because <laughs> Booker T. <laughs> Booker T. Being like Penelope Ford. Penelope Ford. I don't know who this Penelope Ford is. Uh, I see a man and a woman both have long hair. I don't know which one is Penelope. You know, gonna have a great it, time. It, it is a uh, Shucky Ducky. NXT <laughs> is the minor leagues. <laughs> I can't Next wait to night. see him calling on commentary. But no, uh, yes, Miss Penelope being pinned by uh, by Willow Willow Nightingale was was great. She 
you know, Willow has kind of been in these matches and, and you kind of feel like, ah, oh, she's going to be the fall person in it. And so for her to not only not be the fall person, but get the win. And it was a great moment. You see the look on her face. It's actually the cover photo for this episode. The look on her face was priceless. It was amazing. Everybody's celebrating. And then on top of that, yeah, we get to learn that Soraya is clear. Uh, and as soon as she interacted with Brit, that was great stuff. Um, and... Yeah, I'm assuming that's the full gear match, maybe? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the full gear match. Um, and look, I know wow. people are like, well, then they're just casting Jamie to the side. No. I don't think so. I think no. I, said, I, I was like, think of this more along the lines of, put Soraya in the role of CM Punk, coming back after many years off. Put Britt in the role of MJF. Mm-hmm. And then I would then look at, as a template here, Look at Jamie kind of in the role of Wardlow. Right. In that uh, she's still yes. the backup here, mm-hmm. but at some point she can find the way to e- to break away from Brit and <sighs> give you the payoff you're hoping for. Mm-hmm. Um, I, mm, but this I, is the right match for Soraya to start with. It absolutely yeah. I, it's Speaking of Max, I have to begrudgingly say, that Max looked great this week. Oh, he's in, my he's in phenomenal shape. God. That opening match was I amazing. I hate to say this, but he looked phenomenal. He was ring, he was great. Uh, oh my God, he was uh, on fire. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he looked he looked great. Uh, everything he's done since he's been back has been tremendous as well. Uh, mm. But yeah, I, I think that this was definitely Willow's week. Um, I think she had a really competitive match last night. Um, I know that some people were like, oh, well, she didn't win, so it was for nothing. I don't agree with that. I, I thought it made her look great. Um, I thought this was the most that it seemed like Jade had to fight to get a win in a while. Um, so I thought it was good. Yeah. No, I, honestly, I thought, and see, that's the story I'm hoping they tell because I still feel like Willow can be the one to beat Jade. But um, that ultimately, if Jade had to struggle a little bit to get past uh willow and uh so the first win was kind of short the one at uh road rager um the first one was fairly short jade got the victory second one was a longer match uh one of jade's longer matches um but jade still got the victory third time though third time is where i do it so uh yeah and and I guess last one, and then we got to get out of here. Lee says, Booker T is going to discover Nikita Lyons and Gigi Dolan, and all hell will break loose. Oh, oh shuck it, duck it, <laughs> quack, quack. Oh, my goodness. Nikita Lyons is in my fave five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh my god oh Please my no. god booker t this is where we go uh somebody in the chat's asking where's ruby so she broke her nose at all out and yep. she just she had surgery out with week. an injury mm-hmm. um yeah good luck to ruby man i can't wait till she gets back that is one of those that that should be the face off ruby versus page at some point page against Soraya at some point uh <laughs> okay, there's a lot we can do here now so yeah all right uh let's get out of here let's thank everybody who is a part of grab city don't forget to check out everything happening on fightful there's a lot of content happening on fightful you've got denise today reviewing um bound for glory you have got uh the uh extreme rules post show coming up with um 
with Denise and Sean. Lots of Denise here, right? Because I was also going to say tomorrow I will be live <laughs> with Denise doing After the Week on her YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. Help get her subscribers up. Um, we enjoy doing that show. It's a whole lot of fun. Uh, there's just content here uh, today. So check out everything we're doing here on Fightful. Um, and that's it. For... Appreciate y'all. Hey, catch me at West Coast Pro tonight. West Coast Pro Wrestling west coast you know where to find you're it you're not gonna be at home watching wwe oh god no <laughs> no come on man we you gotta be home for your your bray reaction I, I, we're, uh, we're the, the final question yeah is is what's bray wyatt going to do because we did get the the hint of all hints pretty much said look guys this is bray wyatt they pretty much just said it the, mm-hmm. the last night um they dropped an image which is also in our screenshot um Husk that's the probably pig. gonna that's gonna be the talk of uh extreme rules i think is the return of bray wyatt Definitely. um and the question is for me what is bray going to bring to the table what do we do rivalry wise uh who is ready for a feud with bray right now uh i don't know um uh, but i'm excited to see it i i have missed bray wyatt i'm glad he's coming back um i'm curious to see what he does tonight um if anything it's it's uh got buzz it has people excited for it so i think it's a good thing um yeah. i I was a little bit afraid that we were never going to hear uh, his WWE theme again, which is fantastic. And so they just put it up on, on streaming services. So anyway, folks, for Philip Lindsay, uh, for Righteous Reg, I'm Will Washington. 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 That's my Washington, name. Washington. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Have a great day. Peace.